I know what love is, I love you. You complete me. I may have never been kissed on Notting Hill, but I found the podcast you get the film. Maybe I'm clueless, but this is good as it gets. Paige, Mikey, and Todd's over the best of my best friend's wedding. Rom-coms, true love, and heavy petting. Be crying on the couch, but we're not forgetting. The most of these flicks are trash, we relive it again. All romance in the podcast. You want it. You got it. I will have you know that I've been watching a lot of Pirates of Penzance since we last recorded for Romance in the Pod. No, no. No. Why don't you stop eating Pirate of Penzance and start eating Subway, you fat (laughs) Hold on. (laughs) You didn't even try to rhyme it or link it to anything. (laughs) Start eating pie rats. Those are rats who have eaten pies who have then roasted. I got it. I got it. I got it. You got to stop watching Pirates of Penzance and start eating Penn Station subs, you skinny piece of shit. (laughs) Well, it's going to be another one of those episodes. Thank you for tuning in to Romancing the Pod. You had us at hello. I'm Paige Wesley. I'm Mikey Randolph. And I'm Todd Schlosser. And this week, Paige made us watch While While You Were were Sleeping. sleeping. All right. So this can't have been the first time Paige has seen this. Mikey, was it your first time? Absolutely not. It was my first time. It was my first time as well. Okay. Yeah. And Sandra Bullock is the villain of this movie. Yes. Yes. Yes, she is. She's not a good person. She's actually a good person, but she makes bad decisions. She's a good yes. person making bad decisions yeah. bolstered by everyone around her because everyone she tells tells her not to tell people i know like left and right yeah. she's like i gotta get out of this and they're like no if you get out of this it'll kill grandma like what yeah like that is bonkers his family might need some help that's all i'm Absolutely. saying yeah she's not a villain she did save his life he would not even be sleeping if it wasn't for her that is true and then like I'm not saying you're obligated, but like if he was a Wookiee, he would owe her a life debt. (laughs) That is true. And they would pilot the Millennium Falcon together. Uh, Yes, Mm -hmm. absolutely. I do think it would have been better had he died. She just went to his funeral and then hooked up with Bill Paxton or whatever. No, I think that is a way worse. (laughs) I know. Honestly, Todd, I'm kind of with you. Although... I do like that it in some ways she spurs a little bit of a character arc for Peter Gallagher's character. Yeah, Not yeah, a huge yeah. one, but it makes for some funny stuff at the end. I do think it's a little more complicated if he's dead and she's immediately hopping into bed with his brother. Doesn't everybody have sex at a funeral? <laughs> I mean... David Swimmer, get off the Zoom call. <laughs> yeah. I would say the reason it kind of works in this one is because she's not actually in any kind of relationship with Peter Gallagher. Right. So it's not like she's lost someone grieving and falls in love with somebody else immediately. She just falls in love with somebody yeah. while pretending to be in love with somebody else. But they don't know that, I would assume. That's true. They don't know that. They find out, though. <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't think that she was engaged to him either. She's just someone who was obsessed with him. Showing oh, up his- if he got hit by the train. Yeah. Right. Oh, I thought you meant if like, he died in the coma no 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 no, no, no. oh yeah that would have been a worse take yeah yeah no i i liked her saving him from a train i just i don't know she made a lot of bad decisions yes a lot of people in this movie make bad decisions i think it would have been a better movie if peter Gallagher would woke up and like i'm not engaged to her and she's like i've been trying to tell you guys for like a two weeks and i don't know what to do and this is the worst situation i've ever been i did save his life i want to make sure you're all okay but i kind of got carried up old man grandpa will tell me will tell you their neighbor <laughs> saw you mean i asked you you and you if i should yes. say anything and you all three said no we can have yeah, a group conversation about it yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 and then and then not have the weird wedding thing i think that was like 
a weirder choice. I didn't hate it. I did not hate it. I thought it was a good <laughs> rom-com. Insane. It's at bonkers. It's never would happen. And also they're all terrible. I like that stuff. Yeah. I'm just saying, I thought the wedding, I thought her, them actually getting engaged after he woke up was a bonkers choice. I really liked it. I thought it was an insane, insane premise. <laughs> yes. And Mikey, you said it. It would never happen in real life. No. But like, I enjoyed watching it and I watched it twice today because right when I finished it, I was like, I could watch this again. So I yep, watched it that's again. That's how I felt as well. Yeah. It was real good. Although there's a lot of problematic stuff to it. But, you know, it's Sandra Bullock. She is super watchable and super likable, even in this movie where Ugh. she's making a lot of bad choices. And I was super into it. She's got a good tragic backstory. I, I liked yes. I liked where like how she got there or whatever. That was yeah. I like that. I hate it. I hate this trope of them assuming that she is unattractive. She's like, I'll never meet someone. I'm so unattractive. Yeah. The only person that talks to me is Ed Jr. I, it's Joe Jr. She would be hit on in that kiosk 100% all the time. She's Sandra Bullock. She would be hit on in a taxi I don't cab. think she's not being hit on. I think it's just not the person she wants. Oh, I don't think the movie plays it like that. I don't think the movie plays it like that either, Mikey. I think the movie plays it like she doesn't have any options except for Joe Jr. Yes. I didn't interpret it as no options as much as I interpret it as she is an introvert. And keeps to herself. Okay. I don't know that that's what I the movie shows us. But I mean, I, that's up for debate. Like, who knows? Let's right? put a poll up in the Facebook group. <laughs> when this, when it I mean, I, I think both sides are valid. Because, well, here's the thing. Because Joe Jr. does hit on her all the time. And she's yeah. just grossed out by it. She's not shocked that he's hitting on her. She's just like, no, thank you. Yeah, but he's the worst. Hang on. But she's like surprised that Peter Gallagher would talk to her. Like, he would never talk to me. And I'm like, you're a solid 10. I mean, I think that's universal. Universal. Even hot people feel that way about other people sometimes. Uh. I mean, <laughs> that is true. I mean, well, why don't you tell us, you skinny bitch? <laughs> well, and I think, and I guess maybe this is why I relate to it so much. When you're in the service industry, you are so invisible. And I really got that vibe from it, where it's like, it's not that she's not beautiful. And I don't think anyone says that she's not. No one ever says that she's ugly. Nothing. She makes one joke about it and it's immediately rebuffed. But people just pass her by. She's invisible. No one sees her there. They don't remember right. her order. They don't remember anything about her. Where do I find these invisible Sandra Bullock women? If you are an invisible Sandra Bullock woman, please DM me. I worked with some hotties in retail that were just fucking invisible. So, Mikey, you got to start just trolling the mall for women? Don't. We hate that. <laughs> that. That's the thing is that I was raised and brought up and culturally, I, I, I one of my rules is like I try not to like ever flirt or hit on someone while they're working. Yep. Same. But here's the thing, because she only goes to work and doesn't associate with anyone outside of work, she never gets hit on. I, th I think you're right. I think it would have worked better with a more, with like a more, I don't want to say. I Trust me, I'm here for a chubby version of this movie. You know, I think my big fat Greek wedding did it, did it better with like a, like a person. I, I just want a person movie. who looks like a person. Does that make sense? It's hard yeah. for me to believe, and I this is going to sound attractive people, this could make you mad, I guess. It was like hard to believe that some of these like no one talks to me problems come from someone who is like a Sandra Bullock hot. Well, but she never says nobody talks to me. She just says I'm alone. And Joe Jr. talks to her all the time. Yeah, but Joe yeah. Jr. 
like he broke like three laws like throughout the film at least <laughs> absolutely that's why he's my favorite character in this movie he went to jail before this movie starts because he's out on parole or something in the beginning of this movie yeah he is out on parole yeah so he broke a lot of laws mikey <laughs> she could have called and violated his parole she could have i think what at least what i've always read this movie to be and the first time i saw this i was like a teenager or younger and we like rented it and I instantly fell in love with it. And then I didn't watch it for a long time because I was like, I bet this doesn't hold up as an adult. Happy to say it fully holds up. I <laughs> have always interpreted this as someone who has experienced loss and is just kind of trying to get by and is not necessarily it's not that people don't approach her or that she could not make friends or reach out to people. It's that she is not actively doing so. The only thing stopping her from saying hi to Peter Gallagher is her. Yeah. Like that's the difference. And she is kind of thrust into a world where people are immediately in her life and making an active choice to do so because like they pester her for the first like half of this movie to oh. go to their family stuff and she's resistant like she's still staying at home with her cat she's still kind of staying inside and they kind of draw that out of her but i don't think it's necessarily her being unattractive or unapproachable looking at it through that lens of like introverted or like socially awkward people doing mm -hmm. it it makes me like this movie more but yeah. there's a movie that i love called only the lonely with john candy have you guys seen that i have not seen it so john candy lives alone uh with his mom and he meets sally sheedy who plays like a very introverted very odd person and mm -hmm. it's a romantic comedy about their relationship and it's okay. very real people oh, oh i that's that might be my next pick but i think it would fit well with this kind of thing where he he desperately wants to connect but doesn't really know how and she's kind of the same yeah and i, I like i like how that works on that level he, like, he she finally gets to like let her guard down with bill not paxton it's bill pullman it's bill pullman, pullman. sorry yeah, Fourth of July, got it. And then she finally lets her guard down. It's easy, and then they connect. And I like, I like seeing that. And I think she did a good job. It's just, uh, I don't think they played up the like eccentricities of her. You know what I mean? Like, I, I needed a more less well adjusted. She could have been weirder. I think having her be weirder casts more doubt on her as Peter Gallagher's fiance. And there's plenty of doubt to go around. Yeah. But I think if you really weird it out, they're gonna be like, I'm sorry, what? Like, yeah, the premise wouldn't work, but I mean, the like, premise wouldn't work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I loved this movie. I don't know why, but something about her and Bill Pullman's chemistry is just like it's real good. It is real good. It feels like watching two people on a good date yes. at the table next to you while you're on your bad date. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mikey. <laughs> well, if you'd stop yelling at her to eat more food, Mikey, it might be a better date. She only ordered five wings, Todd. I had 10 wings last night. They were all delicious. Uh, first off, if I'm paying, I'm like, you can order the least amount of things you want, and I'm okay with it. No judgment. <laughs> yeah, but if she reaches across to your plate, you're slapping that hand away. No, I would never do that. But also, <laughs> dinner is not a first date. That's like a third date. So, like, third date? No, I actually agree with this uh, because I think dinner can be very, very awkward when you first met someone and you, if you're not clicking, it's very difficult to sustain an entire dinner date. But if your first date is like, let's grab a coffee yeah, yeah, yeah. for something quick, or I always say go bowling or go mini golfing because you get to see how people deal in competitive situations. Mm. My rule of thumb is first date, drinks or coffee for like the talk. Is there talking chemistry? Is it not just text chemistry? Right. Mm -hmm. Second date, activity. 
Yep. Because so, it takes the pressure off. Like like yep. Paige says, golfing, bowling, hiking, all that crap. Mm-hmm. You know, like find something to do. <laughs> Not hiking, but the rest, sure. Third date, dinner and drinks to like bring it on home. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Mikey has a game plan, ladies. I agree with that game plan. That is a fair yeah. game plan. Do you want to come back to my place after dinner for some toast? Anyway, if you told me that Bill Pullman and Sandra Bullock dated for like two years after this movie, I would believe you. (laughs) If you told me that they had a 15 year old son now, I'd believe you. I'd believe you. Actually, that kid would be 25 or something. That kid would be 25. This movie's 25 years old. (laughs) This movie's so old. Shit. Okay, sorry. But I part of the reason why I picked this now is when we watched Love Hard, Love Hard has a lot of the elements of this movie and it just doesn't do it right. And one of the biggest things they're missing in that movie is her relationship with Bill Pullman. It's that section of them connecting and like the real focus on on her actually opening up and finding someone. That's what that movie's missing. That's the focus of this movie and the thing that they cu- they cut out of that movie. Yes. And I'm here to tell you it makes this an infinitely better movie yeah. even though it's super problematic at points. Uh, but it made me sob through most of it. I don't know if you've ever cried so hard you needed to take a shower, but I did today. <laughs> so like... Did you cry so hard you shit yourself? Like, why did you need a shower? No, I was just a mess and I had a meeting, like, because I was watching this on my lunch break, right? Yeah. And so, like, right after lunch, because I had, like, parceled it out where I watched, like, some last night and whatever. Yeah. Uh, so, like, lunch break, I had a meeting right after and I was, like, I had, like, 15 minutes until that meeting started and I was, like, I look terrible. <laughs> Like, because I'm just like puffy and I've just like been rubbing my nose on my sleeves, like the whole thing. And so I like showered and changed clothes before that meeting. Um, I almost cried as hard as I did at Endgame during this movie. I don't wow. even know why it was all wow. happy tears. Wow. That's a tall bar to clear for like it page is. tears. I only shower cry for death. And breakups. <laughs> I, and one was all happy crying. Like I was just yeah. like so happy. Like oh, I just haven't felt happy like in a long time. So I don't. When this movie <laughs> oh, ended, oh, oh, I could have watched it immediately again, Todd. Like yeah. when you said that you did, I was like, I wish I had time. I because yeah. I had to like do other stuff, but. I did like it. But here's what I hated the most. Okay. okay. Tell me everything. There's just, Bill Pullman could have done his dad's business and his business at the same time. I think it would have been very easy. I don't think he tried hard enough. I don't think he wanted to run his dad's business. Yes. I don't think it's about not being able to do them. I think it's about him wanting to have his own thing and break out yeah. on his own and break out of his family's shadow. But his thing is like an adjacent thing that would like fit really well with that. Like you could get estate furniture and also like redo them, refurnish them, build new ones out of them and like. I, I mean, I just was like, I don't know. I had some problems, Bill Pullman. <laughs> I, I had the assumption, maybe incorrectly, that he had been doing it for a long time and had been kind of stashing money to start his own business. Because he's able to immediately take her to Italy at the top at the drop of a hat. Yes. Or, the, or what if the dad was like, oh, well, then I can run this part and you could build furniture and we can just you could share office space. And then when I die, the Gallagher company could just be a furniture building place. I think that's what happens, basically. I think that's what is going to happen. OK, good. Well, it made it sound like more of like a we're not going to work together. No, I, I, th- I think it's more like his dad's going to take over the estate part. He's going to build furniture and kind of strike out on his own, as it were. Yeah. I really just wanted the sequel to this where uh, Bill Pullman runs and wins the presidency and then we get attacked by aliens. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> and he fights them off with a custom rocking chair. And I, <laughs> I really did like how this movie ends with the title of the movie. 
Yeah. I think that that's super cute, but I really wanted Bill Pullman as they were pulling out uh, in the train with the just married on it. I wanted him to be like, today, 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 today. We celebrate, celebrate our wedding day. I really wanted that. I have not watched Independence Day in a while. And I should do that. Welcome to Earth. We should get into this movie. Yeah, we should. We should. We should. <laughs> Uh, this movie opens with Natalie Cole's This Will Be, which is the ballad of all 90s rom-coms. It's in so many of them. It really is. And I love that song. But like it is straight up just like shots of Chicago, which if we know anything about Chicago, we know it's not architecturally ar- significant. <laughs> oh, it was Chicago? <laughs> yes, Mikey. It was clearly Chicago. I can't recognize it because like, you know, that's such a small town. <laughs> I was today years old when I realized this movie did not take place in New York. Really? By the way. I had seen this movie so- tons of times, but because there were trains, younger me was like, great, trains, New York, <laughs> but not realizing yeah. Chicago that has there an could L2. be trains elsewhere. This, yeah. uh, I lo- okay, so I know the joke, like I get the joke about Chicago that we have, but I love Chicago, so I could tell right away that this was mm-hmm. uh, Chicago, and I'm a huge fan of the city. Mainly for the Garrett's popcorn. I'm, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I mean, I immediately realized while watching it that it was Chicago and then just had a moment of like, why have I always thought this was New York? But Because like, <laughs> I was a child. That's why. But these credits are boring, except for the, I really enjoy the song, but it really is just like shots of Chicago and a song. And then the movie finally starts at two minutes afterwards. Yeah. It, but it was me just kind of like shoulder dancing to the song. I was being doing like, the same thing. This is exactly the mood I want <laughs> to be in. An everlasting love. Yeah, I need to get whatever y'all are on and like get there immediately. Like I need to just get into it. It's this movie. What yeah. drugs are you on? This is just I, <laughs> Mikey. It's just called being high on love and happiness. Oh, oh wow. Well, I have neither. <laughs> well, I love you. All right, I get it. I get I, it. I know. I get it. All right, that's fine. <laughs> all right, that's fucking fine. I get it. All right, I'm not hurt at all. It's fine. Best friend of mine. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, so we open on a voiceover from Sandra Bullock, and she's basically like, There are two things I remember from childhood, but I don't remember it being this orange, which is kind of funny. Like, yeah. it's just shot at sunset, so it looks orange. Uh, but she basically, you know, reminisces about her dad and how he would kind of drive them places in the car, and they would kind of travel as much as they could within their means. And then we get into how her mom and dad met. And her mom, we find out, died when she was very, very young. We don't find out much else about it. But we do get to hear about their wedding and that her mom gave her dad a globe for a gift early on in their relationship. Yeah. Anyway, she learns about this globe that her mom gave her dad and that her dad always jokes that she gave him the world. I always thought that that was in reference to the globe, but actually meant Sandra Bullock. Her. Yeah. Which I thought was super sweet. And like, we're three minutes in this movie and I'm like... Oh, I sobbed immediately. I was like, I forgot about her dead parents. I I forgot she's an orphan. I was like, she's all alone in the world. Oh my God. Again, an orphan is who my mom wants me to marry. (laughs) I mean, it would would turn out like this movie. My mom, if I was in a coma, my mom would be like, we'll just tell him you were engaged. (laughs) Mikey, if you were in a coma, 17 women are going to show up and be like, we're engaged. 
<laughs> I'd be like, oh no. Oh no. <laughs> well, you'll be in a coma. I'll be there like, oh no. That's a lot of people. <laughs> no, I'll be there like the neighbor being like, just don't tell them. Whatever, I'll fix it. He yeah. can break up with you when he wakes up, if he wakes up. Yeah, my mom would be like, he owes you a life debt, like Chewbacca. Like, you're, you're good to go. <laughs> I like that your mom knows about Chewbacca and life. Death. I bet she does. Sure. She's smart. So uh, we cut to present day and she basically is like love at first sight. The first time I saw this person, my prince is what she calls him. Right. It wasn't the world. It was a train token. We've never spoken, but I know we will someday and I'll find a way to introduce myself and it'll be perfect. Just like him. Yeah. And it is Peter Gallagher yes. at peak Peter Gallagher. Oh, yeah. Peter Gallagher at his most Peter Gallagherness. At his most eyebrow, <laughs> Peter Gallagher. His eyes, so expressive. I know. Well, because he's got these like fierce blue eyes and then he's got the crazy brows, which... Was he famous when this came out? Uh, he'd been in a couple things. I mean, he, he honestly has been acting steady since the 80s. So like he's been yeah. in a bunch of stuff. This is probably like one of his bigger things that he did yeah it's it's one of many because he was on the oc for forever and yeah. that was like the thing this is before the oc oh way before it yeah yeah, yeah. oh he's so good in the oc he was in like tv stuff and tv movies yeah. and then he started to get like movie work in the early 90s and this is probably his biggest like movie role before he started to get like regular movie roles if that makes sense. yeah but he, he honestly is more into tv still is he still does a lot of tv like yeah i mean i don't know and i hate him. Like this dude still looks like this. He does. Yeah. He does. <laughs> like he's aged, but not much. No, he's aged and has gotten better with age. I mean, yeah, he he do look good. Yeah, brother can get it. Mm-hmm. So we cut to her apartment where she's trying to hoist a Christmas tree up through her window, which I thought was crazy. Why not just carry it up the stairs? Like, what are you doing? The elevator's out. A pulley is a simple machine. <laughs> <laughs> there, well, there is. There is no elevator in this building, but she's, she's also not using a pulley. She just has a rope out yeah. the window that she's like dragging it up with. Well, if she would have just put it around a circle and pulled, it would have been way easier for her to do this. Yeah, but this she doesn't have a pulley. She's not like stranded on a desert island where like all they have is like uh, Harrison Ford's handsomeness and stuff like that. She can't like get a pulley system together. I mean, I'm going to say that I think she could have tricked Joe Jr. into doing it and this is a wasted opportunity, but that's just me. Yeah. But regardless, she drops the tree. It breaks through the first floor window and she has to go to see her landlord so he can fill out an insurance claim about it. And that's where we meet Joe, I'm assuming, Sr., like Joe Jr.'s dad. Yes, this is Joe Sr., which we only really see him this one time. Right, and he's great. Like, he is a super nice landlord. He's a super <laughs> nice landlord. He's super sweet. Uh, you get the impression that he is constantly disappointed by Joe Jr. <laughs> yeah. But he does say, this is the worst thing that's happened since Joe Jr. had a barbecue in the stairwell. And she was like, oh, I missed that. And he's like, great sausage. Yeah. So <laughs> as aside from the fire, it was great. It was great. Also, I know Joe Jr.'s the worst. I love him in this movie. He's my favorite character yeah, in this movie. I, I love him so much. No. He's so fucking funny. He's so funny. He is so funny. Like, I really love his character. He is a predator. Oh, yeah. Paige, in a movie, he's great. If this person actually existed, I would never want to be around him and I would hate him. Terrifying. But, like, it's so funny to watch Joe Jr. just, like, live his life around so these people. Funny. I was on board for it. The scene where he's, like, super sad because the attractive lady on, like, level three broke up with him. And then Sandra Bullock Come on Bullock in and we'll is, try on yeah, some shoes yes, yeah that's it and he yeah. was like oh okay <laughs> yeah so to this funny. day every once in a while my dad or my sister and i will say 
you blew me off with the ice capades and do the like hand gesture. <laughs> uh, that's another guy who's still working too. Like that dude works a lot. I have a fun fact about how much he's worked. I'll blow it now. There's tons of fun facts about this movie. He has played like more Joes than not Joes. <laughs> that's amazing. Typecasted as like a creep. Yes, but he's also specifically played a Joe, Joe Jr. and a Joe Sr. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> What's his real name? Is it Joe? Michael Rispoli. Yeah, Mike Rispoli. And I've seen him in something recently and I couldn't remember what it was. But like recently when I saw him and it must have been like some movie or something that we watched or something I was watching on TV or whatever. But I instantly just shouted, Joe Jr. (laughs) Like no one else knows who this is. So he walks in and asks his dad if he can give a bottle of booze to his parole officer, which is like, (laughs) if you could distill a character into an opening line. Yeah. A plus. And then he comes in and just is like, hello, loose, nice, uh, and he clearly like body scans and then just goes, nice, uh, sweater (laughs) and leaves. (laughs) And then his dad is like, you know, Joe Jr. still single. And it cuts to him bending over to get that bottle for his parole officer and he's plumbers cracking it up. Oh man. And Sandra Bullock is just like, yeah, shocker. Yeah. Like, oh, really? He's single? He's single. You're yeah. single. Yeah. It's a setup. So we cut to her trying to get a hot dog at what we assume is the hot dog stand that she typically goes to. It's got to be because she says, give me the usual to him. And he's and like, he's like What's what that? is that? <laughs> Which I sort of like because as someone who like has worked in retail, you will have people who like assume that you remember them. Yep. And you're like, I see 100 people a day. Like, I don't know who you are. A uh, 100 people if you're lucky. That's a slow day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, sure. But like, that's, yeah. I thought it was funny until her boss comes up and he says the usual. And then the hot, and the guy the hot knows dog it. guy <laughs> totally knows her bosses, which I thought was funny. And she even gives like a, oh, okay, sort of like yeah. facial cue to it. I was like, well done, Sandra. That's some good acting right there. Yep. Uh, so she runs into her boss, who I think specifically knows that that's where she goes to get hot dogs. Yeah. So he like specifically ran into her there because he's like, I'm nominating you for employee of the month because you're going to work Christmas? Question mark. Yeah. And she's like, no. And he's like, if your boss asks you for lunch, like this is this is expected to come, right? What do you mean? If your boss asks you to lunch? Yeah. They didn't go together. They had the hot dog there. <laughs> They, they do. She gets there first. He walks up a few minutes later. They, they didn't go there together. I thought they were meeting there. Nope. She runs into him randomly. But I assume that's the hot dog place closest to their it's office. It's gotta be. It's gotta be. But like, why would she go to the office? Because he's the boss. Why would he be by her little ticket counter? What? what? The CTA <laughs> office. There's like a central office. Because she goes go to there it every at some day point. before they go to their station. Right? I don't know. Logistically, that just doesn't make any sense. I've never worked for the Chicago Transit Authority or whatever, so I have no idea. No, but I also, I mean, I'm assuming that her boss is much like a regional manager of wherever and is probably going station to station. Yeah. Um, I was just like, oh, buying her a hot dog or like get me for a hot dog. Yeah, he's a- He doesn't even buy her hot dog. I know he doesn't. He just because he can't because he's like, well, he gets paid marginally more than his staff. Right. And then he, when he sees them, he goes, sees them out. He's like talks nice to them or is listening to their problems. He's definitely going to ask them to work on Christmas. No boss would do that. I mean, I have no idea why anybody would do that as a boss. What? Ask people to work on Christmas? Yeah. While well, eating lunch near them, but you can't afford to pay for theirs. These are supervisor problems. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I was a supervisor in retail and had to do shit like that all the time. I think Mikey I had to do it too. Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, I hate I hate that stuff. 
Yeah. Well, and the implication is she's the only one without family and something sudden has come up with somebody else. You can't bring that up. I believe that's illegal. I mean, <laughs> when he brings it up, I was like, Ugh, because she's like, hey, I work Thanksgiving. I don't want to work Christmas. And he's like, I know, I know, I know. But like Janice or whoever, like her family has this thing. And then Tanya, her family always does this big thing. And like, you're the only one who has no one. I you're was like, alone. oh, my God. I have felt that at work before. I used to try and phrase it like, do you typically travel for the holidays? Yeah. yeah. And then her boss is like, I mean, eventually she does sort of acquiesce to her boss's request, right? And she ends up working Christmas. I just do a staff meeting, break a pool cue in half, say we have we have one shift, the loser has to work it. <laughs> anyway, so she reluctantly agrees to work on Christmas. Yeah. We cut back to her kind of decorating her tree alone. And then we cut to her workday on Christmas where we see one family come through and then nobody except Peter Gallagher. Dreamboat Peter. Dreamboat Peter. And I think he may have been like headed out to see his family. I think maybe? so too. Yeah, I think he was going to go meet his family, right? Yeah, because it's Christmas Eve. No, it's Christmas Day. Christmas Day. Yeah. And then he gets mugged by some street toughs. Yeah, well, he says hi to her, and she, before she can even, like, respond, is just like, what? Huh? Like, he finally talks to her and says Merry Christmas, and he gets mugged. He ends up on the the tracks. She jumps down and manages to kind of roll him off the tracks before the train gets there. Yeah. But my favorite is when she's like, wake up. It's It's a train. It's real fast. It's an express train. Yeah. And it is. It doesn't stop. You think it would stop, though. It's an express train. But the guy saw two people on the tracks. One, you know, like, you would probably stop and check on them and radio that in. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, but that's... It a, probably did, yeah. That is assuming that that driver is not drunk. True. That's a big... I mean, it is Christmas Day. It's Christmas Day. They're on tracks. Does there really need to be a driver? Like, these are the questions that they should be asking. I also kind of assumed that they probably could not stop in time. That could be true as well. Right. I did like her role. Very creative. And I also like Peter very Gallagher's creative. patented, open his eyes for a second, gremlin's like eye roll and then setting his eyes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she takes him to the hospital and they won't let her in because it's family only. Yeah. And as they kind of close the doors in her face, she says, I was going to marry him because that's her whole fantasy of like, he's dreamy, he's perfect. And I'm going to marry him someday. But it's just a dream. She doesn't actually know. it. And a nosy nurse overhears her and lets her in, assuming that she's the fiance. Now, this is one of the things that I think for me softens the blow a little bit because she does not come up with the original lie. She it kind of is dumped onto her. Yes. And she gets overwhelmed. <laughs> she doesn't. Yeah. Uh, she doesn't immediately say, no, 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 no. I, I'm not his fiance. Right. But the right. nurse tells the police officer because the police officer is like, hey, is that the lady who saved his life? And she's like, you'll never believe it. They're also engaged. Right. He's also <laughs> her fiance. Yeah. Yes. And he, and then so he comes over and he's like, hey, I got some questions to ask you, which whether they were engaged or not, I'm sure he would have questions anyway, because yeah, she witnessed the crime and saved his life. So like, right. He's going to want to talk to her anyway. But like right then the family. But question one should have been, are you engaged to this guy? Well, he doesn't get the chance to answer any questions because the doctor comes in and interrupts. That's right. right. Are you saying that the police officer should have asked that because he wanted a piece of Sandy B? He'd be like, hang on. Are you engaged because you are hot? Whoa. One, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) So no sooner has the doctor come in and interrupted the police officer that the entire family comes in and they are a lot. Yeah. It's like six or seven people. Yes. And it's just rapid fire questioning of like, how did this happen? 
And then she's like, oh, he was pushed from the platform of the train station. And at this point, she does not even know that people think she is the fiance. The family's already there. And someone else, the nurse, offers that information. And she reacts in the moment with surprise of like, what? No, 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 no. But no one is listening to her. They kind of just bulldoze through it. Yeah, I will say it bothered me a little bit because I think the whole movie still could have happened if in this scene... She just said, I'm not the fiance because this family, well, good hearted people would have been like, what are you doing for Christmas? I don't, I'm just going to go home. I don't have anybody to hang out with Christmas. They're like, come over to our house. Right. You know, come over our family. You saved our son's life. I think the movie could have worked like that and been a less, little less problematic. Maybe. I think the only thing that you run into there is there's not a lot of conflict keeping her away from Bill Pullman, which I think is the main thing that the coma does. Just yeah. make it like a Hallmark movie. And he also is engaged. <laughs> <laughs> He's engaged, but his grandpa Dracula hates her. Uh, so anyway, Peter Gallagher was Santa Claus, and together <laughs> the they have to time, deliver the Santa pl- Claus is in a coma, and now she's going to have to help deliver the presents for Christmas with Bill Pullman, who made the sleigh by hand. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. This writes itself. <laughs> pay us, pay us, Hallmark. I do think. How many movies did they make for Christmas? Like four hundred and twenty-three, two hundred and forty-one, something insane like that. I think we could come up with all of those plots in like six hours. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think the same three people do as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's kind of like, you know how people say that Taco Bell is just a, like the same four ingredients in different like layers and yeah, varieties? It is. I think it's the same thing for Hallmark where it's like, you know, instead of like meat, tortilla, cheese, lettuce, it's you know, like Santa, ghosts, woman from the big city, man from a small town. Yeah. How do you mix those together? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And all I want's a Mexican pizza. Oh, I know. I miss mm. that thing. Damn you, Taco Bell! <laughs> anyway. anyway, all of that to say, Hallmark, hire us, and we will be your movie generation machine. <laughs> you could make them better, at least. I think you, Paige, and I could make them better. Potentially. Yeah. I don't want to do a Hallmark. I want to do a free form. We could really get wild with it. He's a gator. She's a fairy. <laughs> No, like one of the networks that has looser censorship. Point of order. Yes. The chair recognizes Paige. If I'm involved, they got a bone. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, they have to bone. Okay. On Christmas. Yes. <laughs> and it's called Pregnant at Christmas. <laughs> or a baby for Christmas. Hang on. That's the sequel. <laughs> no, okay, okay. Hear me out, hear me out, hear me out. Lady from the big city. She's worried about having kids because she doesn't want it to interrupt her career and she cares a lot about what she does. Right. I'm really connected with this so far. But she and her husband have been trying. Oh, she's married when it starts. I like where this is going. Okay. They find out they're pregnant. She's still not sure about it, but they decide to go home to see her family for Christmas because family's important and she's hoping that seeing her family will give her that like family feeling. But then they get there and there's no room at the inn and <gasps> oh, she has no. to give birth in a barn that's as far as i've thought it out <laughs> so what you're describing is just jesus just birth? jesus but hallmark <laughs> right okay <laughs> she gives birth in a christmas tree lot <laughs> <laughs> anyway hallmark hire us let's move on hallmark hire us anyway the family bulldozes over her and they're like he didn't even tell us he was engaged and they're rapid firing questions yeah. before she can answer that like 
It's impossible. My family would never, ever believe that I was engaged to someone without telling them. Oh, for sure. My family as well. But what we will find out is that he wasn't telling his family a lot of things. Yeah. So I think this was kind of par for the course for him. And every time somebody else asks about her, somebody who's not part of the family, they all are like, oh, she's the fiance. Like, they all just confirm the rumor. Right. And as she's trying to like, hey, see, here's the thing. The mom is like, we hadn't seen him for a long time. I'm so glad he found you. The grandmother's having a heart attack. She's like, I can't tell them now. Like, what am I going to do? She does confess to the nurse and is like, I'm not the fiance. Like, I was just saying that aloud to myself. Why did you tell them? Yeah. And she's just like, I don't know. Maybe next time don't talk to yourself. Crazy. (laughs) I do love how the nurse makes it her fault that the nurse lied to them. Listen, I do understand it was like a misunderstanding because Uh, the nurse nurse did hear her say that. Right. Nurses are mean. They're just, they're mean people. I mean, I know they help (laughs) a lot of people out there, but you know, overall they're mean. I don't think we should generalize that nurses are mean. (laughs) I think that's not accurate. I have a question. Point of order. Mikey, Mm -hmm. what is your mother's job? Yeah. Hold on a second. You You want a joke? You want a joke? Hello? Hey, Mom. Yeah. <laughs> What's it like working with nurses? What you mean? I'm, we're recording the podcast, and I said nurses are mean. They are not. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Mikey's mom. Why? But they're kind of high drama, right? No. <laughs> you are so... <laughs> they're really not overworked. All right. This is not helping my joke. <laughs> Uh-oh, you're in trouble if you you snarked on the healthcare profession. <laughs> I am a healthcare professional. All right, well, I have to go now. There's important things I'm doing. <laughs> like bombing a joke. <laughs> 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 oh, my well, God. That's definitely staying in. Let me go ahead and apologize to the field of nursing. Yes, <laughs> you do need to apologize to the field of nurses. I apologize. I sincerely <laughs> believe I was wrong. Florence Nightingale was right. (laughs) Okay, back to this movie. So at this point, she hasn't told them in part because grandma was having a heart attack and she ends up sitting with them in the living room and she's not saying anything. But this is where we find out that they're like, what about that other girl, Ashley Bartlett Bacon? And then the, the dad says she was pretty high and mighty for someone named after breakfast meat. Which he's is, not wrong. He's not wrong. That sounds like what your dad would say. And but they're kind of talking over her where she doesn't even really get to answer here. Yeah. But she does eventually give them an answer. This is the first time she really lies about it, I would say. Well, when she's like making up the story about how they met. Yeah. Where we just saw each other. He smiled. and I knew that my life would never be the same. And then they're just like, oh. They're veneers. <laughs> like six hundred dollars a tooth, Paige. <laughs> That's cheap for veneers, by the way. They're like two is grand it? a tooth these oh, days. Man. Well, I mean, remember that this is nineteen ninety-five. Supply yeah. chain shortage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so six hundred dollars in nineteen ninety-five is eleven hundred dollars today. Okay. Well. Yeah. Yeah, that's about right. Uh, so we cut back to her apartment. She gets home and Joe Jr. is like, tomorrow night, 8 o'clock. And she's just like, what is happening at 8 o'clock? What are you talking about? Icecapades. I know a guy. I know a guy. And I will point out, in Joe Jr.'s defense, she does not say no. She just walks away. He does not away. even ask. He just says he has tickets. It's called an assumptive close page. That's okay. That's how you go on dates with groups of people to the movie theaters. Tom. Yep. 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 You got to man up and ask the question. Will you go out with me to the blank? Yeah. Yes. Get down on one knee and be like, will you make me the coldest man in this ice rink <laughs> and join me? 
at the ice capades. She walks away. She doesn't even continue the conversation. No, and she shouldn't need to. I mean, honestly, no. <laughs> it's no. very painfully clear she's not into Joe Jr. <laughs> to everyone but Joe Jr. and Jack <laughs> at that one point. Yeah. Because for a while, Jack thinks she's like into Joe Jr., which I'm just like, dude, no. So she goes back to the hospital late at night because she thinks no one's going to be there. And I do kind of really like this scene where she talks to like Peter Gallagher and she basically explains what's going on. She's like, your family thinks we're engaged and I didn't know what to do. And I'm so sorry. I came here to tell you I didn't mean for this to happen. But I like and I'm not blaming you, but like I am alone and it's nice to basically be around a family. Yeah. And she's kind of confessing like that's why I'm kind of letting this go on longer than it should but like, I don't know what to do. And at least it feels nice to be around people. Yeah. And what she doesn't realize is Saul, the older neighbor who is Peter's godfather, is watching them. Yeah. Clarification, he is not the grandfather. By no, the he's way. the godfather of Peter. He's like their next door neighbor, right? Yeah, he's just full of orange slices all the time. <laughs> yes, he is their, <laughs> he is their yeah, next the godfather, neighbor. Yeah, the godfather, yeah. You come to me on the day of my son's coma. <laughs> yeah. Mikey's a godfather. Yeah, I hope someday to meet that little girl's fiance when she's in a coma. <laughs> and cover for that man. Yeah. Actually, no, that sounds bonkers and wrong. That's why this movie has so many problems. Yeah. Yeah. So we cut to the next morning where she wakes up in the hospital. She's been there the whole night and the family is there and they're like, hey, join us for Christmas. And she's like and she tries to get out of it. She's like, I've got work. I'm not going to go. But they give her all the numbers, call us, address, whatever. Yeah. As she's leaving, they hand her a box of Peter's stuff and she carries it out to the elevator. Well, and the the orderly who hands her the stuff says, here's your husband's stuff. And she's like, yes, we're not married. He goes, well, fine, fiance or whatever. And then that's when the right. elevator opens and that guy comes out and goes, oh, wait, are you Peter's fiance? Yes, yeah. exactly. And we find out that it's his colleague uh, that they're in the same firm. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, he's had a tough year with the accident. And she's like, accident? And he says, did he tell you it was my fault? I carry a pencil in my pocket. I do that. Because I'm a lawyer, which I don't think that that's something that like naturally a lawyer would do. No. Also, pencil in your back pocket sounds terrible. Do you never sit down, sir? I carry my pencil in my front pocket. <laughs> Dick pocket. <laughs> uh, and this won't pay off until later. But she basically ends up having to listen to this guy's story about what happened. But we don't hear it yet. Yet. No, we do. Not yet. We hear it later. But she finds out at this moment. She finds out at this moment. We as the audience don't find out until later. She tells it later. Right. Anyway, yeah. No, the elevator closes as he's starting to tell her the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we cut to her talking to her boss. And she's like, they think I'm their future daughter-in-law. Grandma's going to die if we shock her with any information. And her boss is one of the first of many people to tell her, like, keep up the ruse. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't tell them the truth. And his justification is like, the grandma's going to die if you tell them. And if he comes out of the coma, they'll be so happy that he's out of the coma. They won't even care that you lied to them. So don't even worry about it. It's terrible advice. Terrible. So we cut back to her house and she's giving her cat milk, which is not great. And then she dips an Oreo in it. Also not great. Yeah. If your cat's drinking out of something, don't then also use it for food. Well, the cat hasn't drank out of it yet, but you also don't want like chocolate. Like pets and chocolate aren't good things that mix. I mean, but no, also cats not. shouldn't be drinking dairy milk like cow milk as adults. They should be drinking cat milk. As babies. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but she's clearly like not feeling it. And so she takes a taxi to their house with a poinsettia. 
and it's a great Christmas house. It's kind of like holiday where you see the front of it and you're like, peak Christmas. Yeah. This house too. I also thought it was super sweet that they invited her to Christmas just because like they had a shitty Christmas because that's the day they found out that Peter was in a coma and they met her and they were like, hey, we haven't had a chance to celebrate. Just come have Christmas with us. And then she gets to celebrate Christmas with the family. Like it was so sweet. Well, I mean, they're kind of obligated to invite her. They don't have to. I mean, I mean they, they did, but... You don't want your son's fiance not to like them, and they assumed he was bringing her. I, yeah, I, I guess, but, like, he didn't tell them he was bringing her. It wasn't public. They kind of find out on accident. I think if they hadn't invited her, she wouldn't have felt weird about it. I don't no, know. No, I don't think so either. But I sob through this scene, especially because they, like, have a gift for her, and they've made her a stocking. Yes. When it, like... Does the close-up on her stocking? Yeah, I was crying too, Paige. Sobbing. Yeah. Sobbing uncontrollably like a crazy person. And I was like, holy shit, that's so sweet. And they do, like, they get her a gift. They even say this is from Santa. Like, it was so sweet. I was so like, oh, I love this family. And we do find out later it's a sweater because we see her holding it with the tag still on it later. Yeah. But as she's walking up to the house, Saul, the neighbor, kind of intercepts her And they have this kind of conversation about how her family's gone and this family's amazing. And he's like, hey, I'd never let anyone hurt this family. And she's like, neither would I. And he says, I believe you. Which he knows that she is lying. Yeah. Well, he knows that she is lying to them, but I think this is him trying to suss out her intent. Yeah, it's not like she's going to leave him at the altar or anything. (laughs) I think he's trying to find out, like, are you trying to do this for money? Like, what are you trying to do here? Yeah. Oh, no, sir. I just have a real weird sociopathic need to be loved. (laughs) I'm just so alone. (laughs) Like, I'm so sorry. Uh, But anyway, so they they do open all of their their, uh, gifts and everything. And one of them, I assume either mom or grandma... Gets an anchor hawking punch bowl, which, you know what? We don't have time for one of my Pyrex lectures. It's fine. And uh, the younger sister gets like a coupon for pierced ears to go get her ears pierced, but then also like a set of earrings. Yeah. They get uh, like dad gets a cordless glue gun. Mom gets a gold watch. Yeah, it's actually I kind of like that they were, you know, sometimes when you watch people open gifts in movies, it's the same gifts every time. It's like sweater, necklace, whatever. Yeah. And in this movie, it's like stuff those people would actually probably want yeah they put like five minutes of thought into it when writing the script yeah yeah <laughs> and you can tell and i enjoyed it i enjoyed it too yeah. it pans across their mantle where they clearly have homemade stockings and i think this was especially personal for me my grandmother made a bunch of our stockings and so it's like a thing whenever somebody whenever somebody gets a new one does that make sense where it's like you don't get a new stocking until like your family so when they pan across and they've made her a stocking i was just like oh (laughs) they love her so much just like she actually just had the same name as some one of their son's exes (laughs) just reused it i did find out um they probably got the sweater because they do gifts like my stepmom does which is she buys random things throughout the year and puts and keeps them in a cabinet a box not for anybody specifically but then Mm -hmm. when it comes christmas time Mm -hmm. she just wraps everything up and gives them to random people that's actually not a bad idea it's a great idea my mom used to do it when we were kids and so that way like whenever it's like oh shit somebody's party is today like just wrap something you know whatever and they did it up until i was like a teenager and i like we'll never forget 
that like I was like a teenager at Christmas and someone someone showed up with a kid that we did not anticipate and like had bought for all the other kids or whatever. And they quickly were like, that's right, we've got this. And they were able to like produce the same amount of gifts for that kid (laughs) because of the gift cabinet. And I think everyone should do the gift cabinet. It's a good idea. Saves you money in the long run, too. Anyway, I mean, it does look like it's her size, but who knows? Gift gift cabinet, mall that day, who cares? It's a nice gesture. Yeah. We cut to Peter's apartment where we hear a voicemail from Ashley Bartlett Bacon, the breakfast meat queen. And she basically (laughs) says, I'm cutting my trip to Portugal short. Oh my God. If you like went on a date and brought her home. You'd be making bacon. No, bringing home the bacon. <laughs> and like, I wouldn't talk around like that to my friends. But like, I don't know if I could stop myself in this case to, to say that to someone. Mikey, I can't wait for all the bacon cooking puns you'd be saying during sex. I'd be like, this is sizzling. <laughs> I want to BLT. I want to bacon lick those titties. <laughs> oh. oh. Mikey, now you got to find somebody with the last name Bacon. Yeah, do it, Mikey. Anyway, so she's cutting her trip to Portugal short, and she just says, what the hell? I will marry you. So we find out. Oh, my God. Worst proposal acceptance ever. (laughs) Yeah, what the heck? I will marry you. Uh, But basically, we find out he proposed to somebody before the coma. Oh, no. And she moved away. And she moved, well, because we'll find out later at the end of the movie is because she's still married to somebody else. Yeah. It sounds like she, at least right here, we do find out she moved. You're not right. But it sounds like right here, she just like took a trip to Lisbon or whatever. Yeah. I'm going to say, I'm going to go out on a limb and say Peter Gallagher doesn't have great taste or luck with women. He picks the wrong people, Mikey. He goes after women that are unavailable. And then when they become available, he's like... I don't want to be a part of this. He reminds me of someone like that I'm really close with, but I can't remember their name. That huh. would work, except that one of these unavailable women faked being his fiance while he was in a coma <laughs> and then hooked up with his brother. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm talking about the choices he has made that led him to this point, and that is just the bacon lady. Like, what if Mikey, I mean, Peter Gallagher, wakes up from a coma <laughs> and there's a beautiful, nice woman who wants to marry him and was like, I saved your life. I would marry you. And I would be like, yeah. And then she had been hooking up with my brother the whole time. Well, she hadn't been hooking up with him. She has fully fallen in love with your brother. Yes. But I mean, in your case, you're like brother proof because your younger brother is not into women. So like only one of my younger brothers is not into women. Well, yeah, but your youngest brother is in a relationship. Yeah, true. So like, yeah, you're covered, bro. All I'm saying is you need to get in a coma ASAP because that's how you find your one true love. Yeah. I mean, that's not the worst dating advice I've ever gotten, which is sad. (laughs) Have you considered just taking like a really long nap in which we set you up with somebody? Yes. That sounds perfect. Okay. Would you watch a reality show where you just took long naps and like somebody had brought in a partner for you to wake up to and be like, they're just going to, they're just in your house and you have to like live with them for six hours. And at the end, you decide if you want to date them or not. Would you watch that show? Take out the nap part. Okay. Medically induced coma. (laughs) (laughs) You're asleep for like a day. What Todd is saying is that the the nap and coma part is immaterial because regardless, you're introducing a strain here. No, no. It's 
material. You got to hear why. Why? They need at least six hours to look through all of your personal belongings while you're asleep without you knowing. So this is like Room Raiders meets Love at First Sight? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Or Married at First Sight or whatever well, it's, it's called. The, it's not Married at First Sight because, Paige, they can fully see you while you're in this medically, or shall I say, Mikey-induced coma. <laughs> oh, it would work so good. We have to have the Room Raiders aspect of it, though. Yes. Like, like the show is following them around the house. <laughs> but they also get to meet your family. Yeah. Yes. While yes. you're yes. unconscious. Yes. Yes. From a production standpoint, this is super easy. We just get like a bunch of those like uh, house cameras that you put up inside your house. And then we just film someone going through Mikey's shit for six hours. Meeting his mom, meeting his brothers, all that stuff. And then we just see if there's a love match. I think what would be really interesting would be to see how many times people woke up and they're like, no, she's gone already. Like, she, she <laughs> left. Yes, that could happen. That would be a good episode. This is like the worst episode of the next um, bus. She left right after she checked your browser history, bro. But she left you this video message about why she left. Oh, yeah. Like, we are going to yeah, set just, up your guest bedroom for just talking heads. So, like, the yeah. women can sit down and fully explain what they found, where they found it, and why they left. But then you you're unconscious in the background of that talking head. <laughs> yeah. Is this him laying in the bed behind the talking head? Instead of okay, instead of instead of love is blind, love is unresponsive. And they start all the confessionals with like, while you were sleeping, I discovered yeah. that you were super into tentacle porn. And hey, not to kink shame, but I have no tentacles, so I don't think this is gonna work out. Can I pitch a name it for you? Yeah, Coma, yes. get your love. <laughs> Get your love. Yeah. Come and get your love. Oh my God. Hell yeah. Oh. This is happening. I'm calling Redbone. We're getting rights to the music. Let's do this. Okay. Do you want to get back to this movie? No. no. I want to call Netflix and greenlit Coma Get Your Love. <laughs> Holy shit. I may have to cut this out of the episode because like this is a million dollar idea. No, there's I'm so many you. problems with it. Medically induced coma. People are going to fucking die on set. That's the risk you take to find true love, Paige. <laughs> Netflix show canceled before airing because people died on set. Producers in jail. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll tweak it a bit, but I do feel like my true calling is to design reality dating shows. Mikey, I think you're on to something there. I thought you are true calling was to name monster trucks <laughs> well it's a new world page it's post-covid it's not post-covid at all I, we're definitely back inside literally i read an article today that we just set a record in the u.s for most covid hospitalizations today by the way i will be accepting submissions for artwork for coma get your love <laughs> anyway so sandra bullock wakes up in their house the next morning <laughs> Speak of the devil. And she's trying to like sneak out quickly and she runs into young Bill Pullman. Yeah, Jack is his name. I do think it's funny. Well, Jack comes over that night and like talks to his younger sister about right. her. At like 2 a.m. What is this guy? He's a busy man about town, Mikey. He's up. That's what he is. <laughs> Yo, you up. But I do Yo, like that up? when I think her name's Mary, his younger sister. Mary exp 
explains to Jack who Sandra Bullock is, and he like, oh, she's my type because he's like super into brunettes or whatever. So he, in my mind, just sits on the stairs, waits for her to wake up, reading the paper. I mean, maybe depending on how late he he got there. Yeah. What we do get in between him getting there, he was supposed to sleep on the couch. Oh, maybe between him getting there and her waking up, we see a paper boy outside slip and fall which is pretty is that real do you think they stay i have that, notes or is that and fun real? facts yes. wait till fun facts so, no i will joke. tell you when i watched this the first time i rewound that probably six times to watch it because it was so funny and the dude commits to it man like he burns i'll tell you right now then uh it was real it was real it was it was not on purpose it was real and <laughs> he it. broke his wrist doing what? it Oh, but they no. kept the take in the film. That's amazing. It looks like he, because he throws the first one fine, and he throws the second one, and it looks like his bike is like on an ice patch, and the momentum of him throwing it like flips his front wheel out, and he just eats it. Yeah, and he eats it directly on that arm, and that's the one he broke. So just like, yeah. That's rough. Anyway, so she's getting her stuff together to leave in the morning. He kind of confronts her that morning and is asking her a bunch of questions like, so why haven't we never met you before? What's going on? And she's like, oh, I, uh, I got to go to my cab. Okay, bye. Nice to meet you. Bye. And we cut to church where he's then kind of asking the family like, who is she? Right. What? Who is this? What is happening? And the family all like her so much that they're just kind of like shut up like this is stop we like her i don't care yeah so we cut back to her house where she's going through the box of stuff they handed her at the hospital the day before and she finds his photos in his wallet and i think it's like i know most people don't keep photos in wallets anymore because of phones (laughs) i don't even keep a wallet anymore because of phones same like i have a wallet case on my phone Oh. I love it. So he has in his wallet a picture of him and his brother's kids, which makes sense. That's cool. Yeah. And then he has multiple like printed out photos of himself. Yeah. And he has those all yeah. over his house, too, which I was yes. like, this is nuts. Like, Mikey, you live alone. Do you have photos of yourself up around your house? Yeah, but there are other people in them. Well, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. That's, that's different. fine. I mean, like photos of just you. One of my favorite pictures of my family. We're in a roller coaster. <laughs> yeah, I love yeah, that. Yeah. That's great. But that's cool because you have like five other people in that photo, if you include the Hulk, right? So like, yeah. that's cool. But Peter has photos of just him looking dashing up in his house. Okay, I'll yeah. tell you this. Modern day version of this, when I am like meeting someone or like talking to them on a dating app and I go to their Instagram and it's just photos of them, bit of a red flag. Okay. I mean, honestly, let me go to my Instagram right now because I never post photos of myself. I do sometimes post photos of myself. I think some is like you, you're going to take attractive pictures of yourself and that's yeah. good to put on. But if it is just like picture after picture after picture of you posed by yourself and you're not a model or whatever, most people's Instagram are a variety of people. Yeah. yeah. I mean, mine is like if I'm in the photo, Natalie's in the photo on my Instagram. And then it's just like pictures of my animals. Mine's a lot of pictures <laughs> of cats. Yeah. Like I'm a creepy. But like this, this is a bit of a red flag. Yeah. Because that's not even like an influencer. <laughs> that's right. just, it's just a bunch the... of random selfies. Yeah. I, I will say out of nine photos, you are allowed to have three of them being solo photos of yourself. That's fair. But if those photos are up in your house, it's a second red flag. Yes. Now, granted, I feel like if you're a famous person, I give you a pass on this. Well, yeah, because your Instagram is more of like a uh, publicity tool than it is. Well, not only that, in your house, 
I understand that people will give you lots of weird art of you. Oh, or you yeah, may yeah, yeah. have cool art of you. I see what you're and saying. And so yeah. I excuse that. Anyway, back at her house, she's going through the stuff. She finds the pictures, which is weird. And then she finds a can of cat food. So she sneaks out of her apartment, tries to avoid Joe Jr. Yeah, I don't think this movie does cat people any favors. What? She's a cat person. She's fine. <laughs> she just realizes that he has a cat and that cat hasn't eaten in two days. Um, She's a cat, people. She dipped her Oreo in her cat's milk. That classifies you as an odd cat person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's but fair. But her cat is adorable. Yeah. And she realizes oh. that he has a cat and she has to like go feed his cat because his cat's starving. Yeah, because that cat hasn't eaten for at least two days. Yeah. So she sneaks out, tries to avoid Joe Jr., who is trying to fix a car with a hammer. <laughs> <laughs> because Joe Jr. is the best. <laughs> He's in a cornucopia of tracksuits in this movie. So many. I love it. I love it so much. Uh, Jack pulls up right behind him and asks him, like, hey, do you live here? And he's like, hey, live here. I own the place. Hey. Which he does not. We know he doesn't. We know that's a lie. And he's like, so do you know Lucy? And he's like, I'm dating her. More lies. Yeah. But I mean, why would Jack assume that he's, this guy's lying? He doesn't know that Joe's an idiot. I, I mean, mean, he's got a stained tracksuit and a hammer and is just like hammering away on an, an, on an engine on the sidewalk. So like, maybe he's dumb. <laughs> yeah, he is pretty dumb. I love him, though, in this movie. <laughs> He's so funny in this movie. Uh, so Lucy goes to Peter's apartment, and she just kind of sneaks in under the radar. Nobody even notices her come in. She is that invisible, basically. But she gets up to the apartment, and she's trying to find the cat. Can't find the cat. And Jack has then followed, essentially, to the apartment, and... She doesn't realize he's in the apartment, opens a door right into his face and tries to get him some ice. And she's like, well, I'm just here to feed the cat. And he's like, Peter doesn't have a cat. And immediately a cat shows up. Yeah. Almost on cue. It's so great. Yes. And it's a very, it's like one of those smooshy face cats. Yeah. It's super cute. I love it. Very cute. I do love it when she's calling for the cat. She's like, here, kitty, kitty, because she doesn't know the cat's name. Here, rich kitty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then Bill is like, or sorry, his character's name is Jack. Jack is like, well, what's the cat's name? And she picks it up and she goes, it's, uh, and reads it. Fluffy, Fluffy's, Fluffy, how you doing, Fluffy? Mm -hmm. I thought that was super funny. Yeah. Well, and I think it kind of plays into her strengths because like if you're a cat person, you can kind of befriend almost any other cat. Yeah. It's like having one cat gives you like carte blanche with most cats. Yeah. You get like street cat cred. Street cat cred. Yeah. And so like I would not be uncomfortable picking up a cat at a friend's house. Like just picking one up off the ground. No. So like I think she's more comfortable with that cat and kind of sells it more. But anyway. So the phone rings. It's for her. It's the hospital and they need them to go give blood. So they decide to go together. Right. And this whole time he is questioning her like, oh, we've got to get you a picture. Like, oh, we've got to do all this, you know, engage stuff. When did you start seeing each other? That's pretty soon. Yeah, this is like Jack in investigation mode, which is why yes. when they call to be like, hey, we need your blood or whatever. Let's donate blood. He's right. like, let's go together. And she's like, well, OK, well, you drive. And he's like, why don't we take peter's car his car you know where it yeah. is right and she's like yeah okay <laughs> i love when they get into the garage and she's like looking around and like is facing the wrong <laughs> click, direction click. and then clicks the button and it's like the car like behind her but right next to her i love that yeah well we they get to the hospital and he's still he is not sold and he's constantly questioning her 
he asks which one of his three stooges was the favorite and she was like curly and he's like he's everybody's favorite and then the dad <laughs> says you know i liked shemp and i was like that's a deep cut inside joke for three stooges fans that yeah. gets like just walked right over in this movie <laughs> uh but then he brings up joe fusco joe jr he said you were intimate and she's like he also said he invented aluminum foil <laughs> which is a romy and michelle level lie that i enjoy and grandma's heart starts to be sketchy and she says well if she wanted to prove it she could prove it and at this point she decides to relay the information she got outside the elevator earlier in the movie and she tells the story of the testicle and the pencil during a basketball game yes so to confirm his mom looks and we cut immediately to everyone in the elevator and grandma just says, well, at least he's got more room in his jockey shorts, meaning that she was correct. He only has one testicle. Yeah. So I did a little research on this. Now they put in a nudicle. Yeah. Yeah. I was oh. going to say like they, they put like a implant in. So like you get a symmetrical hang is what I read. <laughs> Can you make it vibrate? Oh, Ooh, shit. Buddy. That is next level genius. We have the technology. We can rebuild him. They did not have nudicles at the time. So I think he would just be one bald. Yeah. I think you're right, Paige. Yeah. But you could probably add him in at any time. Yeah. Well, I think it's how much skin you have left. Because if they get rid of the extra skin, then you know you probably can't. I want the skin. <laughs> it's the crispiest part. <laughs> <laughs> Mikey, would you eat that part of the human body? No. Okay. Yeah. Um, oh, no. <laughs> no. What if it's like pork rinds or something? Fried up. No, but I mean, there's a lot of things you could do down there with like a bunch of. Yeah, like tell a, me what you could do down there, Mikey. You could <laughs> stretch it out and use that as a blindfold. <laughs> they call that the bat wing. On them. <laughs> anyway, so she gets back to her apartment after a harrowing day at the hospital with all the testicles. And Joe Jr. is waiting for her and he says, you stood me up to our date at the ice capades. <laughs> and she's like, I never said I would go. Like, what is happening? Which is true. She never said she would go. Right. And she goes into her apartment. He follows her in. And then Saul shows up. Yeah. So she like shoves him into a closet and he just says, are you two timing me? And she's like, I never one timed. <laughs> so Saul shows up. And he's like, hey, I don't know how you knew about the testicle, but I know that you're lying. Don't tell them. Yeah. Like, they love you. And for while they have you, it's kind of like they have him back. So don't tell them. Yeah. Which is the second person to be like, keep the secret. So <laughs> she doesn't tell anybody. And so he leaves. And before she can retrieve Joe Jr. from the closet, Jack shows up. Or I, I should say she's about to let Joe Jr. out. This is where Joe Jr. is trying on her shoes for the first time. <laughs> and he's like, I slipped and my foot went right into the shoe. It's so funny. She shuts him back in the closet because Jack is there and he wants to deliver an engagement present from her parents. And she says it would probably be better in Peter's house. So let's go deliver it there. Because it's like furniture. It's furniture. Yeah. So they drive over to Peter's apartment. He parks way too close to the other cars. So they kind of get boxed in. Yeah. But so he goes to unload the furniture and this is where we see one of his chairs for the first time. And yeah. it's beautiful. It's great. Yeah. It is gorgeous. Um, and he's like, too bad. Uh, it's the love seat. That's what you're getting. Yeah. I don't know why. That's a terrible engagement gift. <laughs> it's also a pretty terrible love seat. Yeah, it's bad. I do love how they're like carrying it up and they get like, they get past the door guy who was like, hey, mm -hmm. I'm new. Oh, that's the fiance. Okay, I'll let you guys up or whatever. Well, and he does says they told me about her. She 
she's scary. Yeah. <laughs> because yes. he thinks or he assumes the stories he's heard have been about the bacon lady. Yeah. Ashley, the bacon queen of Chicago. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> have you had her bacon bits anyway i like when they get upstairs and he's like they're like having trouble getting it through the door and he's like let me try an old trick and she's like what are you gonna do and he's like push it real hard <laughs> <laughs> well she does help him they do get it through but they break the door frame and a vase full of blue liquid yeah which then stains the carpet so they put the sofa over it which i just assumed that he like stole that vase or at least the liquid in it from his barber like what what is that stuff he's just sterilizing those flowers <laughs> <laughs> he likes to sterilize. He's like very safe, okay? I mean, that apartment is very clean and sterile and devoid of all personality. Yeah, yeah. So they get back down to the sidewalk and that truck is completely boxed in. So he walks her home. And on this walk is where they kind of, I would say this walk is where they fall in love. Yeah. They, I mean, and they do have hella chemistry on this. Yes. This walk. It's awesome. It is awesome. And this is where we find out about how she wants to travel to Florence and how she has her passport, but it doesn't have any stamps in it yet. Yeah. And it, this, we're finding out more about her, but also more about him and why he makes furniture and doesn't really want to do the dad's furniture thing. And they get back to her apartment and try to walk across what is kind of like a slippery, icy walkway yeah. and end up falling. He rips his pants. <laughs> In order to like get back up, they end up like slipping into an embrace, basically. Yeah. Like almost kissing but not yeah yeah i mean at one point his face like plants into her chest like they are falling yeah. into each other and for each other mm -hmm. <laughs> ain't no ring on it i mean it, technically there's no ring on it right i mean you are technically correct i mean they're not really engaged he's not consented to this wedding peter has but this is like this is the scene that's missing from love hard where like we never get to this level of chemistry with them we don't even have a scene like this he should have made her a candle that smelled like gwyneth paltrow's vagina Mmm, <laughs> citrus uh so <laughs> what her diet's way off <laughs> i hear all she eats is goop <laughs> it's gloop it's not gloop it's goop gloop's what's come out right yeah that's when you poop out gloop oh no <laughs> this scene has so much chemistry that like you are rooting for them to kiss yeah. when they're close and they don't. And you're just like, no, please, though. Anyway, she goes inside where she runs into Joe Jr. And is like, it's me or him. And she just goes him. And he's like, you don't, you don't have, have to answer, answer right, right away. away. <laughs> <laughs> so great. He's so delightful in this movie. I'm surprised they didn't do more movies together after. I'm like, I'm with you, Paige. I'm, you I'm mean surprised Sandra Bullock and Joe Jr.? Yeah, they did like... <laughs> Have some really great comedic yeah. timing. Yeah. Yeah. No, but you're right where, you know, she's done how many movies with Keanu Reeves right. or whatever yeah. and never another Bill Pullman one. But there like is a Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan. I was going to say yeah. the same thing because they do have that level of chemistry, I think. Yeah, Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore. But like... Did this movie do well? We'll talk about that. It did great. Yeah. And and this movie is beloved. We'll get to it in fun facts. They were the last choice 
in a crazy list of people to be in this movie. Really? And very few of the people on that list, I think, would have had the same level of chemistry as them. So I don't know why they haven't been in more movies together because it is like palpable. Yeah. And now, granted, I'm 100% biased because Bill Pullman in this movie is basically wearing a work jacket, a plaid shirt, and makes furniture. So clearly, that was the direction I was going to go. But like, he is so, like, they are so attractive, but also attractive together. I don't know. It just totally works for me in this movie. And I wish they'd done more. If they did something even today, I would watch it. But yeah. yeah. Do a sequel. Do a sequel where he falls into a coma and then she... Nope. And then her and Peter get it on. <laughs> <laughs> Peter Gallagher is just like waiting off to the side. Convenient. Just making the weird eyes during sex. <laughs> I don't... Those aren't weird eyes. That's just how his eyes look. Those are just his eyes. <laughs> anyway, she watches him walk back down the sidewalk and we cut to the next day. She's talking to her boss and she's like, I'm having an affair. I like Jack. And he's like, who's Jack? Like, who how many more characters can be in your farce um and she kind of like lays it all out and he's like hey you get born into a family you don't just get to join one like the marines which i disagree you can definitely join families like the marines sometimes yeah i completely disagree with that because i have officially joined your family page yeah and you need to complete boot camp or else it's not official <laughs> yeah i know that my brother is looking for a few good men <laughs> But also, all I want to say is our boot camp consists entirely of eating cheese. I love I cheese. Would I so would do well. that. Yeah. Todd's a picky, skinny bitch. He wouldn't fit in your family. I mean, I do like love cheese, though. He wouldn't fit in. Our family pants are too big. <laughs> he couldn't fit into those shoes or those pants or those shirts. I just walk in wearing one of your dad's suits, like oversized. He's like, I'll just take one slice of Gouda because I don't want to get bloated. My name's Todd. I love Gouda cheese. My favorite's Gouda. I, I mean, honestly, you're not going to break my heart with cheese. I'll eat any cheese. Anyway, so we cut to the hospital where Jack is playing poker against a comatose Peter. <laughs> <laughs> I did think this was funny, too. Like, I really do feel like Bill Pullman has chemistry with everybody, even the one yes. person who has, like, no lines until, like, halfway through this movie. All I want to say is, like, big ups to Peter Gallagher for playing comatose for most of this yeah. movie. Like, yeah. he's in this scene just with, like, it is him the whole time, which is crazy. But this is very much like Jamie Lee Curtis in Halloween, too, for him. Yes. Because <laughs> she's in the hospital, like, passed out for half of that movie. Yes, she is. Uh, but this scene, this I also cried during this scene yeah. where where he's basically like, I have never been envious of you until now. Yeah. And all I want is her, basically. And you're just like, oh, yeah, they should be together. <laughs> I do love that he plays like the high card split for her. Yep. And then he, he very clearly loses, even though we don't see the cards. And he's like, all right, best two out of best three. Best out of three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought that was, that was super sweet. So we cut to her having dinner with the family because now she's like, around and uh they're asking her like have you decided on a honeymoon uh and they say like you should find a nice girl for jack and she says well i don't know his type and he then very quickly says chubby blondes which i kind of love that he says chubby blondes and no one is like gross everyone is just like well that's not your type though like 
it's taken as a perfectly valid type yeah but it's just not his and i was just like nice nice i did like that everyone is more or less like no 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 sandra bullock is your type this girl right here yeah, she's exactly your this. type exactly <laughs> your exact type. type yeah this girl right here your brother's fiance that's your <laughs> yeah, type this, the little sister's like but you like brunettes much like her <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly just think of how bad that bacon lady must have been for his family to hate her this much. I don't think they ever, or I, they must have met her because they knew her name. And they talk about how she takes herself too seriously. Yeah. Yeah, that's, they must have hated her. They picked a stranger and was like, just fucking marry her. She can't be anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Think about how crazy that is, though. Like, Peter's making all kinds of bad decisions. She's, she being the bacon lady, is still married and he introduced yeah. her to his family. Yeah. Oof, Have you ever goof. been the one who got away for someone's family where like the family liked you better than who they ended up of dating? Of course later? I have. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Have you met me? <laughs> Same. Because you know what? Oh, the nicest families have the worst <laughs> kids man well, oh. here, here's what i will say the one time it happened to me th their son is perfectly nice nothing wrong with him it was amicable i just like he was back home in norcal i was here i was not gonna move home it, you know whatever um but i had they had like come to visit and i went to disneyland with them one time and they just like loved me <laughs> and then he's married to what I assume is a very perfectly nice lady. They've been married for a long time. And just like the last few times I ran into them, they're just like, <sighs> so, uh, you still single? No. Oh, well, okay. I'm just like, guys, like the window is passed. It's fine. I once ran into one of my ex's dads at a grocery store and he <laughs> walked up to me and just said, I'm sorry, man. We miss you a lot. <laughs> I mean, I had families being like, "Michael, you're such a you're such a great guy. Yeah. I'm so sorry that she broke up with you." Yeah, because like you know, back in the day when I was like a lot nicer than I am now, I was like really nice. You know, girls wanted more of an edge. Now I'm now it's too much edge. I got to go back the other way. <laughs> Mikey, you're all edge. I'm not gonna say anything. Too many people that I know listen to the podcast now, and it's making me really freaked out. You have to okay. ignore it. Like, just don't even no, think about from like work. From like other departments, they're like, hey, listen to this episode and thought it was really good. I was like, oh shit, did I talk about my dick a lot? <laughs> yeah, every, it's an episode, which means you did. Yeah. Oh. Every, can I read to you a text message I got last night? Oh, yes, no. Paige. See, please read me the text you got last my, night about Mikey's dick. My New Year's resolution <laughs> is to not talk about it anymore that much. Like a, like a 90% <laughs> that decrease. That much makes me feel like you really mean this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry, this is this is from one of the hosts of Podfunk Guard, Katrina Davis. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have no other podcast. I'm so, I'm like an embarrassment to the podcast community. I wish it was a dying community. <laughs> <laughs> Mikey's on this, and my, mind you, I'm pretty sure this was Ginger Snaps. I don't remember which episode this was. That's the most recent episode dropped to right now. Yeah, it was either that or whatever Love you were hard. talking about, your, your fear of heights. Uh, Mikey's on this episode talking about his big dumb dong getting him laid, like overcoming your fear of heights to save a child isn't damp panty city. <laughs> 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 and then I said, I don't even want to know what's in his message request inbox right now. And then she said, 
Godspeed to his thumbs and the block option. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've invited it too much. I'm going to dial it back. She's right. I should talk about my actions and not my dick. My tools. And- <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. That's a, good, that's a better one. I should talk about my work, not about my tools. Yeah, that nice. works. Yeah. Nice. By the way, check out Podvant Guard. It's great. It's Andrea's show. Like Andrea's on yeah, that show. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, we should have Katrina on. Yeah, yeah. I love her. She's great. Where your podcast just pops up somewhere else and you're like completely unprepared for it. Yes. Yeah. It was one time. of those where I was like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> like part of me is like, this is, I call myself Mikey. So this is like a secret identity. And then like, it's not, it's not at all. I actually have a secret identity because I have a fake name, but you know, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Paige, you're the only smart person. Todd actually asked me about that. Like when we started like two years ago. I did. And I was like, no one's going to listen to this. I'll just go by my name. I don't need a new Instagram. You're bad. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Anyway, uh, they invite her to New Year's yeah. as she's leaving. That's what we'll do. Instead of a coma, we'll do while you were eating. Where you just go to a restaurant <laughs> and they yeah. have as long as it takes you to eat whatever you want at this restaurant. You have unlimited yes. abilities to order at this restaurant. While someone gets to room raiders your house and decide if they want to date you. It's an eating challenge plus a dating plus room raiders. Can I be the host? Yeah, of course you can. You skinny little bitch. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I want to be the host so I can eat. You don't get to eat, you piece of shit. <laughs> you got to make weight if you're going to host our show. <laughs> I got to make weight? Yeah, you only get to host for people in your weight class. So, <laughs> good luck. Anyway. So they invite her over for New Year's. Yeah. And she's on her way out and she and Jack end up under the mistletoe. I feel like this is wildly inappropriate. Yes, it is. They're like, kiss her. I mean, like, that's my brother's fiance. No, that's weird. Now, it is I will weird. say, because do you remember Wedding Singer does this too, but Wedding Singer really like leans into it where it's like a kiss ass kiss. And this one is very clearly just a light like peck, like yeah. the minimum I can get away with. But also Adam Sandler wasn't her fiance's brother. Anyway, he watches her leave. We cut to the next day where she's at work and the little sister comes through her turnstile and she kind of introduces them to her coworker and her coworker's like, you're getting married? Like, what is, <laughs> like, what did I miss? Yeah. And the coworker asks, understandably so, she's like, are you pregnant? Like, is that why you're suddenly getting married? <laughs> and she responds sarcastically and is just like, yeah, I'm pregnant. <laughs> And then the girls overhear it and leave. And then she finishes with, you have to have sex to be pregnant. And she's yeah. like, I thought you were getting married. And she's like, it's complicated. We're waiting. Don't worry about it. But the little girls, the younger girls, only heard enough to think like she's pregnant. And now there's a pregnancy rumor. Right. I do love that this comes up and then like goes away in like 10 minutes. Yes. yes. Almost immediately. Yeah. Meanwhile, Ashley, the bacon queen of Chicago. <laughs> Uh, is back in Chicago and she's like yeah I'd like to hear from you boyfriend and also to see my cat yeah so hey we cut back to the house the family's house where the younger daughter comes in and is like she's pregnant and Jack is like do what now and immediately leaves to go to her apartment yeah we cut to her apartment where Joe Jr. is giving her a giant flower horseshoe oh my god it's like a funeral it's like a funeral arrangement well it's specifically a horse raising one he's like I I told them to do it like the winner's circle at Arlington 
This is crazy. The creepiest gift. It's one of the creepiest gifts I've ever seen in a show. So creepy. And he's like, you know, I could move in here. We could knock like 50 bucks off the rent. And she says, I only have six months left to live. I love how he responds to that with like, oh, you're just trying to let me down nice. (laughs) Which means other women have done this so much to him that he knows it's a lie. And that to me is hilarious. Bitches always be lying about how long they have to live. Uh, But he basically is like, it's that other guy. I've seen the way you look at him. Yeah. Like you've just seen your first trans and Oh man, I love it. <laughs> and she it's kind of this understanding of like, even though he's a complete doofus, he's like, I get it. You like him. So they hug and yeah. Jack sees. And as they're hugging, Joe Jr. goes, are you wearing that black bra? I love black underwear. (laughs) I do like black underwear. No, don't talk like this. I just made a resolution. (laughs) Quick, quick, tell the story about how you rescued children off a building. You know what I was wearing? Black Black underwear. (laughs) Right under those slacks, yeah. (laughs) Surprised that they could contain the girthiness. Oh, my God. Girth Brooks. No. (laughs) Take a break. Take a break. I'm going to do better this year. So your 2022 resolution is to not talk about your big dumb dick. So (laughs) (laughs) it's not my actual resolution is to take better care of myself and set better boundaries and have more time for myself. But good for you. My pod resolution is to not make creepy jokes. Cool. Here's what I want. I want t-shirts that look like a presidential election shirt that just say big dumb dick 2022. <laughs> we can put it up on the merch store. Or Mikey's big dumb dick 2022. It's, it's quite the ticket. <laughs> the dicket, if you will. <laughs> so Sandra Bullock comes out of her building and Jack is waiting and she's like, oh, what are you doing here? And he's like, I'm definitely not stalking you. Yeah, definitely not just waiting here. Uh, Great. So he drives her to her friend's party and she tries to explain to, and it's like a coworker party because her boss is there. So she's trying to explain to her boss, like, this is Jack, the other brother, not the coma one, like, whatever. And he's like, this is bad. This is too complicated. And she goes to drink some punch and Jack is like, don't, it's not good for the baby. And we immediately cut to them outside (laughs) and him being like, I'm so sorry. I didn't know. (laughs) Like it's a misunderstanding. And then he launches into this whole like Joe Jr. thing where he's like, well, I saw you and Joe Jr. And she's like, what do you mean? And he's like, you were leaning. And she's like, how is leaning different than hugging? Well, and he's doing that and he's leaning in sort of explaining like what the implication of a lean is. And then Joe Jr. comes over and is like, hey, hey, do you need some help? This guy's leaning. I can see the lean. (laughs) He's leaning. He's leaning. What I love about this scene is that the camera, even as he's leaning, mostly stays on Sandra Bullock's face. Yeah. And you kind of watch as he's leaning that she's kind of like, oh, I'm not stopping this. Like, yeah. She's super into it. Lean away, Bill Pullman. (laughs) She's just waiting for him to come to full 90 so she can come 10. Yeah. But Joe Jr.'s like, I'll be over if you need me. I know karate. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to see every karate move that Joe knows. <laughs> yes. I want to see him use a hammer as nunchucks. <laughs> like, oh, I want God. all it's of it. It's just like a rope tied together, like with two hammers. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Yep. And then she's like, why do you think I was pregnant? And he's like, Mary thought it for some reason. And she's like, so you just believed it. And then she's like, oh, you think the only reason he'd marry me is if I was pregnant? And he's like, no, but like, you're not his type. And she says, whose type am I? And he doesn't 
answer. Which is like, a weird question. The real question she should ask is like, what is his type then? Yeah, but I don't think she cares what his type is. She wants yes. to know if she's Bill Pullman's type, which honestly, yes. who doesn't want to know that? Yes, it's whose type am I? And the answer she's looking for is mine. Yeah. And she doesn't get it. No, she doesn't get it. She just gets, I'm a woodworker. I've got my tools. I like to bound and be bound. <laughs> anyway, so she confronts him about not talking to his dad about leaving the business. And they have kind of an altercation here where he's like, well, you're planning vacations you aren't taking. Like, you know, you're what are you doing? And she's like, you don't know what it's like to be alone. He's like, you have Peter. And she says, I don't have anybody. Because, again, Peter's in a coma. But also, Peter doesn't know she exists. You're right. She goes upstairs. They celebrate the new year. He goes home. And Peter in the hospital wakes up on New Year's. Yeah. So we cut to the next day. She's headed to the hospital. They're kind of wrangling her into the elevator because she. they're like, he's awake. It's time to like see him. He'll be so excited to see you. Yeah. And we cut to him kind of looking at each of his family's faces and then hers. And he's like, who are you? <laughs> like, what the hell? Who is this? And their immediate thought is, oh, God, he has amnesia. I love that so much. I thought it was so funny. <laughs> they want to believe her so bad yeah. that they're willing to believe he has amnesia instead. They hate Miss bacon so that's what it, much yeah, yes, reframe they this. are willing to accept anything they hate the bacon queen of chicago long may she reign <laughs> they hate her they're willing to accept anything to make sandra yeah. bullock a member of this family and so she's talking to saul like please just tell them like yeah. help me tell them we need to stop doing this well and saul is like don't worry about it i'll take care of it. yeah exactly yes. exactly so funny and then he just walks off in a different direction yeah he does he does come back later but what i think is really funny is because peter gallagher saw her every morning at the subway they're like doesn't she look familiar and he's like actually yeah kind of <laughs> like i don't know why i remember her but everyone goes to leave saul still hasn't handled it uh and he's like i'm working on it i'm working on it don't worry about it yeah. but then we cut to peter who's trying to like he's like remembering the alphabet and numbers he's like i remember everything else like why don't i remember her <laughs> which is pretty funny yeah we cut to her and jack in the truck because he's basically going to drive her home and she's like hey i know it's been kind of a rough week with some misunderstandings but things are going to be a little bit different i just want you to know you become a really good friend which again made me cry yeah super hard yeah oh. because she's like gonna marry his brother which is wild because she i think is fully in love with bill at this point well jack's is his name yeah right and she's basically like going upstairs and he's like i'm glad you won't be alone anymore which is like so sad yeah. but we cut to the next day he goes to his dad's house with donuts and is like i don't want to run the business anymore and he and his dad have this great conversation where he's like yeah do your own thing it's fine. I wish you told me sooner. I could have sold business. Yeah. He's like, I could have sold the business to my brother for twice what it's worth. Yeah. <laughs> Which I really love the way the dad handles this. Me too. Because like, Bill Pullman's character is like super nervous that his dad's going to be like crushed and it's going to ruin his life. And mm -hmm. his dad's like, I just want you to be happy. If doing this makes you happy, do it. That's awesome. Yeah. And that's like how every dad should react in that situation. Yeah. So we cut to the hospital where they're visiting Peter again. He still doesn't remember Lucy. And Saul is like, I want to have some time alone with Peter. And then he basically says to Peter, like, hey, you're an idiot. You chase after the wrong kind of girl. Yeah. She's amazing. We all love her. And give her two minutes. If you don't see what we saw in seconds, break up with her. But like, 
if you see what we saw, you're going to marry her. If I was 40 years younger, I'd marry her myself. Yeah. And I think what Saul is doing is like, and eh, he'll probably break up with her. Then she doesn't even have to reveal the lie. Right. And she can stick around because the family likes her. Yes. Or he'll marry her. Either way, problem solved. Yeah, either way, we get to keep her, and that's all I care about. That's all I care about. Yeah. So she shows up to the hospital and talks to Peter a little bit, and they clearly kind of like, they don't really know each other, and they clearly don't have the connection that she has with Jack. Yeah, like they have a cordial conversation, but there aren't like the sparks that she had with Bill Pullman. Yeah. Yeah. And what we kind of figure out is that she's kind of a... a, empathetic good person just by nature yeah and he's kind of not but it was like and i wish i was a better person so maybe i'll just marry you which is like how all of my friends relationships worked (laughs) how dare you anyway meanwhile ashley the baking queen of chicago long may she reign she shows up to his apartment and she's like i'm the fiance are you new and they're like uh, yeah, but also, no, we've met his fiance and it's not you. Yeah. So she shows up to the hospital. Well, and she shows up and Sandra Bullock holds the door for her. They get on yep. the same elevator and the real fiance, Miss Bacon, goes to the right floor because they've moved Peter. But Sandra Bullock goes to the wrong floor. Right. Because she, I think, stopped at the front desk. Yeah. Right. And Sandra Bullock goes to the wrong floor. But while that's happening, Jack has brought him clothes and ice cream while they move floors. And we reveal that he doesn't necessarily guess the ice cream right. So maybe he's not okay. Yeah. Fully. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Anyway, so they get to the wrong floor. And as Lucy's coming into the hospital, she runs into Saul and is like, what'd you tell them? And he's like, I didn't tell them yet, but I'm going to handle it. Don't worry, I'm handling it. And she's like, you're fired from handling it. (laughs) But this is where she and Ashley get in the same elevator. Yeah. Ashley goes to two. She goes to four. And Ashley finds him on floor two and confronts him. And he's she's like, you're engaged. You proposed to me. And he's like, yeah. And you said no. And we broke up and you moved to Portugal. So, you know, ethically, I'm in the clear. Yeah. And he is. And she's still married. Yeah, and she's still married. And and he's like, I don't remember her. I was in a coma. Uh, I have amnesia, but she seems cool. <laughs> Basically is where he's at. How bad of a person is she for you to wake up and come and be like, I don't care who she is. She's not you. Yeah. I'm marrying her. Mikey, let me explain how bad of a person she is. She accepted a proposal and is still married. And we find out that he pl- he paid for her plastic surgery as well, which means that she's been cheating on her husband with him for a long ass time. Yeah. Because it's enough to have had two different plastic surgery procedures. Yeah. Nose and breast augmentation. Yeah. Yeah. I do love what he's like. I want my nose back, which I thought was a crazy way to bring up that he paid for her nose job. And then she yep. like grabs her boobs and is like, well, then you better take these back too. And then the guy who's sharing the room with Peter is like, oh. <laughs> Oh, hang on one second. What is going on right now? He says, holy buckets, Peter, <laughs> moving on to greener pastures, which is a crazy line. Yeah. The madness. I just loved his reaction to her, like, doing this display. It was so funny. I loved her stomping out of the room and just saying, marry her, you one bald bastard. <laughs> crazy she's the best yeah so funny she her and joe jr let's put them together anyway that's the connection we need to make (laughs) you blew me off with the tit capades uh the tit capades yeah because she's got them tits (laughs) that makes sense 
So Lucy finally makes it to the right floor and he's he proposes to her again. And the nurse, who is the nurse that knows it's all fake, faints because she realizes <laughs> that the ruse has continued so long that she actually has gotten proposed to. <laughs> Technically, everything's fine, except it's not. We cut to her apartment later that night. And she's trying to pick out the right shoes and dress. And she answers the door and she thinks it's Joe Jr. So she's like, I don't want any flowers. I'm not wearing black underwear. No, we shouldn't move in together. And then as she answers it, she's like, oh, I thought you were Joe Jr. And he's like, I get that a lot. I don't have any flowers, <laughs> but I would like to see that black underwear. Yeah. And uh, we shouldn't move in together, right. <laughs> probably. Um, but she's like testing the dress. He gives her a snow globe with Florence in it, which is super like sob. Yeah. crying a lot it's very Tears much him down saying, the sides of my face yeah. <laughs> this is where we would be yeah you're yeah. my florence now oh mm-hmm. it's him being like i see you i know you yes yeah and i want you i'm all greg uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry that was just for you Tom. so he he gives her the snow globe and then he goes to leave and she says hey can you give me any reason why i shouldn't marry your brother which is her being like speak now yeah or forever hold your peace and he says i can't and yeah. he leaves is he supposed to okay i will tell a story you want me to tell a story now tell a story mikey i knew somebody who was engaged and like we were all for drinks and um we're all catching up and she is like having a wedding shower and like the next day and like with her girlfriends and like our like the guys were there and it's like a it's like a big group of friends and then she's like you know michael why didn't you ever ask me out and i was like you've been with this guy the whole time that i've known you yeah this is completely different from what happens in the movie but go ahead but i mean like that's then she that's weird right that is it is weird, weird. and it's and inappropriate. inappropriate yeah but i think what is happening in this movie is that they have clearly had chemistry and spent time together yeah. and her, the brother doesn't remember her like this is a chance get in while you can like this is a chance basically yeah but yeah he says no and leaves and then she ends up crying which like made me cry it was just a lot of crying she could have told him the truth though yeah she's a bad communicator mikey it's it is typified through this entire film she hasn't been able to tell anyone the truth the whole time but that is nothing new for us on this show like this (laughs) show is made up of movies about people that have trouble communicating communicating yeah. Yes. But you know what? People really do have a lot of trouble communicating. Yeah. That's true. So we cut to her work the next day where she comes to talk to her boss and is like, hey, here's my wedding invitation. It's a post-it note. And he's like, wait, who are you marrying? And she's like, Peter. And he's like, the coma one? What are you doing? Like, what about the other guy? Like, what? The, what is happening? And she just says, he didn't want me. At which point I sobbed uncontrollably because we know so it's sad. not true. That is not true. That's so not good we cut to the wedding where she is late but she does make it the wedding starts and literally they get through dearly beloved and then she objects and then he objects and he's like i didn't even get to that part yeah so they both object and at this point sandra bullock is like i gotta tell everybody everything i'm in love with your son i do love that when she says that their dad goes i know yeah and then she's like no not that one that one pointing at bill pullman's character yes yeah and then he goes what did you do what the hell did you do and she's like no he didn't it was all me and then she checks in with the grandma she's like how you doing and the grandma just takes a photo because she is blissfully unaware of what's going on now do you guys think they had a rehearsal dinner no because they're getting married at the chapel in the hospital yeah so no i don't think they put a lot of thought into this wedding i also love that when sandra bullock like 
drops this information bomb on them she just like walks away as they're like what is happening (laughs) (laughs) well because she basically is like i was never engaged to peter i didn't know him but i went from being all alone to having a family and friends and like i saved his life on the track but you saved mine because i got to meet all of you yeah and i will love all of you and she's having this like really really heart-wrenchingly sincere speech much like the one in the proposal yeah uh and she ends it with oh and i'm very sorry i'm sorry about your carpet and peter's like wait what about my carpet and that's <laughs> when she my kind barbasol? Of, yeah because that's when she kind of bows out yeah uh because ashley the sausage queen of chicago long may she reign first of her name shows up bacon queen not sausage bacon queen yeah. well she's also a sausage queen as we find out in this scene. Oh. Uh, because she objects and then another guy runs in and he's like i object and they're like who are you and he's like i'm ashley's husband no peter says that peter's like oh that's ashley's husband <laughs> right like what is happening <laughs> yes and then his mom is like you propose to a married woman all hell breaks loose yeah we cut to sandra bullock's apartment where she's home with her floofy cat and she's taking down the christmas tree and joe jr knocks on the door and she's like how are things with the third floor and he's just like no it didn't work (laughs) so they kind of commiserate by trying on shoes and eating some cookies so funny i love that so much yeah and we cut to her turnstile at cta and we find out that it's her last day implying that she has now decided to quit because she can't be stuck there she's gonna try and travel or whatever yeah And they're putting tokens through and then finally a ring pops through the token slot and it's the entire family. I love that. Yeah. And Bill Pullman's like, I need to ask you a question. And so she makes him pay a token to come (laughs) into the booth, which I think is funny. I mean, that makes sense. (laughs) Rules are rules, guys. Rules are rules. Uh, And so he comes into the token booth. She says, yes, they kiss. It's so sweet. But also the family's just like staring the whole time, which is a lot. Yeah. Uh, and then they get married on the train. We don't know when, but I'm assuming later. And she says, life doesn't turn out the way you planned. But we do find out that he took her to Florence for their honeymoon. Yeah. And she says that Peter once asked, when did she fall in love with Jack? And I said, while, while you, you were, were sleeping. sleeping. She says the name of the movie. She does. And that's, that's the, the movie. movie. So having seen it, having talked about it, how do you guys feel about while you were sleeping? So problematic. Love it so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is super problematic, but I really enjoy it. The third act, I mean, it's like the last 10 minutes is what was like, I was like, ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah, oh, but I really yeah. like it. I really like yes. it. Yeah. As a yes. rom-com. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is yeah, a terribly yeah, yeah, yeah. problematic movie, but I, I'll i watch it again. I mean, I watched it twice today, and I'll definitely watch it again. I'll probably watch it again in the next couple weeks, because like, I had forgotten how much I loved it. And today I was like, no, I still love this movie so much. It is so good. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. It's an incredibly problematic movie made incredibly well. Let's put it that way. Yeah. And God, Bill Pullman and Sandra Bullock are so charming. I just yes. don't they care. Have so much chemistry. Yeah. Yes. They're so great. You want together. them to be together so bad. Yeah. Like I've never rooted for anyone more. Yeah. I would say. I love it. Yes. And honestly, I learned how to fix a car with a hammer. So like it's a good <laughs> all round movie for everybody. It was an electric car. <laughs> Man, if I'm looking at my car and there's not like an on off switch and it's in the off position, 
I'm not going to be able to fix that. They don't make them easy to fix either. That's not your fault at all by yourself. I appreciate that, Mikey. (laughs) But Paige, do you have some fun facts for us? I do. Well, hit us with your fun facts. Joe Jr. Fun fun facts. facts. (laughs) There's only that one where he's played like more Joes than not Joes. Yeah, that's a great fact. Yeah, I'm going to do this a little differently because... This movie is so beloved that people have actually found the filming locations for a lot of stuff. So I was able to accurately price houses and apartments. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So I'm going to kind of pepper those through instead of doing them all up top. Cool. But I do have one pretty cool money fact up top. Do you want to know how much you could get awarded in a settlement if you get hit by a train? Yes. How much? And survive? And survive. Now, I actually, I have a friend that this happened to, and I don't know how much money she got, but it did buy her a house in California. So that should tell you it was a a bit. It was probably a shitload. (laughs) Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, probably a shitload of money. So uh, recent settlement amounts for train accidents by CTA. uh, The highest ones recently were about 1.7 million. However, I found one in the last five years where someone was actually hit by a CTA bus and remained in a coma for 15 days and then woke back up with a fiance with a fiance uh, and <laughs> 7.5 million dollars. Oh, wow. OK. All right. So I'm not advocating being hit by trains because most people don't survive. No. But I am saying that, you know, get a lawyer if you do. Yes. Um, so Sandra Bullock's apartment is currently worth about a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars in rent. Um, just because Chicago has gotten more expensive recently and she has a pretty decent size apartment. So it depends on the neighborhood she's in. It could be anywhere from about 800 to 1500. Okay. Um, custom made rocking chairs can go from anywhere from a thousand to upwards of $3,000 per chair. And I looked this up. Not just like what do nice rocking chairs cost. I went to Etsy and looked up like craftsmen's yeah. and like like people who are actually making They're them. They're real expensive. They're real expensive. There's some real fucking cool ones though. Yeah. Farmhouse tables cost about two grand. They could go, you know, lower or higher. So they're about the same amount because it's actually easier to make tables. Uh, but they t- like they require more lumber. So like depending on the cost of lumber can dictate. Sure. So anyway, uh, the role of Lucy was originally written for Demi Moore. Really? Yes. I could see that. Mm-hmm. Sandra Bullock ended up taking the role after Julia Roberts turned it down and after wow. Nicole Kidman auditioned and Jamie Gertz auditioned. Wow, okay. All of those were considered. While at the time, an unknown Matthew McConaughey was trying to get the role of Jack. Oh, wow. But was dropped because of his Texas accent. Okay. Uh, they rejected Russell Crowe, who really wanted to be cast. Same with James Spader and Dylan McDermott and Pierce Brosnan and Dennis Quaid. Holy now, shit. Lord. Most of those I'm like, yeah, I don't see it except for Dennis Quaid. I think Dennis Quaid could pull this Dennis off. I could see Dennis Quaid. Yeah, he I could see Dennis Quaid doing I it. I love I have an unabashed love of Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid in Parent Trap? I don't want to learn anything about his personal life cuz I just don't want to not like somebody I love. <laughs> like Inner Space was like a big movie for me growing up. Yeah. So, they also offered this to couples where they were like trying to pair people for casting yeah so one of the first couples they tried to pair for this movie was harrison ford and gina davis oh wow okay which would have been a very different movie yeah um but then they also offered it to patrick swayze and demi moore yeah that would have also been good though maybe i I mean patrick swayze could have pulled it off i think but 
Nobody puts Demi in a coma. <laughs> Sorry. I love Sandy B and Bill P is the best. All day. I love it. So part of the reason they ended up casting Sandra Bullock, who was not well known at the time, was because of Love Potion number nine. Uh, they saw Love Potion number nine, liked her that much in it, and decided that they could audition her for this movie. Wow. Okay. That's wild mm-hmm. that that's your fun fact. Okay. No, see, I know this because I remember from last week what you told us off mic. Yeah. So that's why I included it. Oh, wow. Okay. Awesome. Mm-hmm. When Jack and Peter are playing poker in the hospital, they're actually playing seven card stud and Jack's winning cards are the dead man's hand. Yeah, I Mm -hmm. think that's named after that's the hand that Wild Bill played when he got shot. I believe you are right, actually, historically. It is. It's aces over eights. And I only know that because Deadwood. Yeah. Yep. Images of the world and Sleeping Beauty recur in the film. So as a child, she's actually reading Sleeping Beauty with her father. Mm. And Sleeping Beauty is kind of the role reversal of this movie because Sleeping Beauty would be the one to sleep. Ben Folds actually references this film in his song From Above. And it's a song about basically a string of missed connections between two people who are destined to be together. And one of them is a 630 screening of While You Were Sleeping. And within the lore of the song, they're sitting basically one row behind each other, not knowing that the other one is in the same theater. Oh. Yeah. Barely any of the hospital scenes are filmed at an actual hospital. They knew that they had to film so many hospital scenes that they actually built hospital sets that so that sense. they could just freely use them. Yeah, that's a good yeah. idea. Mm-hmm. Because they shot for almost three weeks just on the hospital sets. Yeah. The film was actually the debut project of a screenwriting team Daniel G. Sullivan and Frederick LeBeau. And even though the film was a huge hit for them, neither of them has produced a screenplay since. Wow. So, really? Yeah. So they've like written stuff, but it's never been picked up. So it's this like flash in the pan, brilliant movie. However, the very, very first version of the script reversed the roles. The original treatment for the movie involved a man, a New York City fish salesman, who spots a lovely Scandinavian woman in the streets. And before he can introduce himself, she is hit by a newspaper truck and ends up in a coma. But they decided to reverse the genders uh, and the inciting incident because... It was suggested to them that a man following a woman around seemed too predatory. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that is true. I mean, you end up with like a Joe Jr. type main character. You don't (laughs) want that. Yeah. Well, it's a little a little more overboard at that point. Oh, yeah. When you think about it. Overboard is like not at all problematic. Overboard is super problematic, but Kurt Russell's still so hot in it. (laughs) Anyway, uh, this is the only movie CTA has ever granted the rights to film like actually on cta platforms and to close train stations to do it um so this is one of the only times that's ever happened they'd never shut down one of their stations to film a project during the day and they made an exception for this movie wow okay yeah so they did it over four weekends at one of the stations that specifically doesn't have an electrified rail so that they could actually film on the tracks that makes sense so peter's apartment is located in chicago's lake point tower a lot of other Chicago-based films have shot there, too, including Meet the Parents and The Lake House, the latter of which also stars Sandra Bullock. Yeah. So I went to that High Rises website and found a similar layout in that building. And currently rent is only $2,000 a month for a condo. Wow. Which okay. is wow. shockingly reasonable. Yeah. Uh, for like a luxury high rise, you can actually buy one for $380,000 
today what? like right now that's yes amazingly it costs less than cheap. like people's houses is chicago reasonably priced up there some parts of it are it, they are and they aren't this for me was shockingly reasonable that's less than here yeah that's less than nashville yeah, yeah. That's especially nuts. when i was looking for like sandra bullock's apartment was actually less cost effective but i think in part it was like closer to downtown anyway that makes sense so the parents houses is in lagrange illinois and i actually looked up there is an actual address for that house so i looked up comparable houses in the neighborhood that house right now is going for like things in the neighborhood of the same size are going for about 400 to five hundred thousand dollars for those houses nice which is a pretty fucking sweet deal it's too but it's nice like a house. suburb of chicago it's not far away sure yeah yeah um so at the christmas party grandma uh, Glennis Johns says, I don't drink anymore. I don't drink any less either. <laughs> Her co-star Jack Warden, who is also in that scene, actually delivered the same line 31 years earlier in a Bewitched episode. Oh, what? And the reason I included oh. this is because the name of the Bewitched episode is Bewitched, colon, it shouldn't happen to a dog. That's what? all the information. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I was like, I don't know. This earns Sandra Bullock her first Golden Globe nomination. She has been nominated for other things since, but this is her first one. And to date, even 20 years after this movie, it is still one of her highest grossing films yeah. that she has been in. Okay. It still cracks her top 10. Now, the director, this was kind of a departure for him too. John Turtletaub directed this movie and he had previously directed Three Ninjas and Cool Runnings, <laughs> uh, which is part of why this movie is as funny as it is, I would say. Love both those movies. Love them both. Yeah. He was not necessarily sure about directing a rom-com, and I think it pays off because this movie's amazing. Yeah. There are some famous cameos where John Travolta's sister plays the nurse who admits Peter into the hospital. I don't think she's the nurse who, who starts the rumor. I think she's a different nurse. Okay. I think. Uh, but John Cusack's father, Dick, Dick Cusack, uh, plays Dr. Rubin, who's the doctor through most of oh, this movie. Oh, really? Wow, okay. Yeah. Uh, in Poland, this movie is loosely translated as I love you and you sleep. Love it. <laughs> it was one of the only, apparently other countries didn't have as much trouble translating, but they did. Sure. And this movie actually knocks Bad Boys out of the number one spot at the box office yeah. that week. Bad Boys had been out for two weeks. It knocks it out. Uh, and it had 700 fewer theaters at the time. So this movie makes something like 17 times its budget. Yeah, we'll talk about it. Yeah. It's massive. Yeah. Um, and it originally wasn't supposed to be a Christmas movie. <gasps> the studio didn't think the movie would do well because it had a lot of unknowns. They hadn't gotten all of the fancy actors that they wanted. It was John Turtletop's first romance. It was unknown screenwriters at the time. So they convinced them to change the movie so it's a Christmas movie so it would be easier to sell. Okay, okay. yeah, yeah. And I, they were right, I guess. Yeah. Uh, in the wedding scene at the hospital, the organist is actually the organist for Comiskey Park home of the Chicago White Sox. So she's like a local famous organist that they brought That's in awesome. to play for the yeah. wedding. That explains why uh, the wedding march that she played was bam, bam, 
I object. <laughs> You're welcome. Everyone got free hot dogs. It was great. But those are your fun facts. Well, thank you for those fun facts, Paige. Let's talk some box office. So what do you think the production budget for While You Were Sleeping was back in 1995? I know. So I unfortunately have to recuse Ooh. myself. All right, Mikey. It's up to you. What do you think? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Okay. I want to say $30 million. Okay, you're a little high, but it was $17 million. That was the production budget. Now, let me say this, Mikey, because if you adjust for inflation from 1995 to today, that makes that $17 million $31 million. Okay. So there you go. I just, you know, I didn't convert it back in time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one's that good at math. It's fine. So as Paige said, this was like sort of a powerhouse at the box office. It did unseat Bad Boys, and it was number one the weekend it came out, April 21st, 1995. It was number one. Bad Boys was number two. Kiss of Death was number three. Rob Roy was number four. And a Goofy Movie was number five. Goofy Movie. Goofy Movie. Oh. So what do you think While You Were Sleeping made in its first weekend out? First weekend? Unseated Bad Boys. So I'm going to say $20 million. Okay. Uh, I'm going to actually say $10 million. Paige, you are much closer. It was $9.2 million was its opening weekend. Uh, And it was number one for its first two weeks out. It was in the top five for the first five weeks it was out. It was in the top ten for the first ten weeks it was out. And it was out for a total of 26 weeks Domestically, this thing ran. So, how much do you think it yeah. made domestically in the box office? Fifty million. Okay, Paige, what do you think? Domestic. Yeah, just domestic. Just domestic. I'm going to put it at a hundred. Okay, it's actually eighty-one million dollars domestically. Now, mm. internationally, Paige, you're a lot closer. It was a hundred and one million dollars. This movie made worldwide one hundred and eighty-two million dollars now if you adjust that for inflation to today's dollars that's 332 million dollars it did very well but that is your box office do you guys think they're still together yes god i hope so me too i hope so so much you don't see chemistry like that every day i think they're still together yeah yeah if they made it through the engagement and the awkwardness of that yeah, been there together. I don't think their family would let them break up. Yeah, at this point, it's just too weird. <laughs> so this week, Paige made us watch while you were sleeping, and next week is it's my your pick. turn. Yeah. yeah. So, and Paige sort of alluded to this because I did tell you off mic last week what yeah. I was going to pick, and this is a movie I have not seen since I was a child, but it does <laughs> feature the incomparable Sandra B. Sandy B. Uh, it is a movie that came out in 1992. I saw it after that, but I, again, saw this as a child, like a child-ass child. And it is Love Potion number nine. I'm excited for this. Ooh, we're going hard on our Sandy B. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but it's Sandy B and Tate Donovan. It's a very, very 90s cast. But I'm looking forward to revisiting I it. I saw this on TV once. Back in the 90s, I don't remember a damn thing about it. I don't remember a damn thing about it either, but I'm excited to revisit it. I am excited as well. I think this is going to be fun. So your homework is to get wine drunk and watch Sandy B in another rom-com and watch Love Potion number nine. Yay. So Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? Yes, I do. Awesome. Well, whose review are you going to read this week? Chris James 85. Oh, shit. Okay. I know this person. Great podcast. 
on an underrated. I don't know what the last part of his thing is. Is this a recent review? No, I went way back. Okay, you went into the archives. Chris James says this is one of the best podcasts I've heard in a long time. Can't wait to hear more and binge like crazy. Five stars. Well, Aww, thank you so thank much, you. Uh, Christopher James, for that amazing five star review. And if you want to have Mikey read your five star review, leave us a five star review. So, um, yeah, guys, if you like this power thruple that we have here on this podcast, make sure to check out our other podcast, The Horror Virgin. And that is the only other podcast that Mikey and I are on. But Paige gets around and she is on two other podcasts, Black Card Rehab and Cult Podcast. So, guys, definitely check out those because they're amazing. If you want to follow us on social, we are at Romancing the Pod Show. Yes, on yes. Instagram, and we are at something else on Twitter. Who I just have never taken the time to learn. It's, it. it's just Romancing Pod Show because they have a character oh. limit, and it's show S H O like Showtime. So, guys, check that out as well. And if you want to follow us all individually, Paige is at Rampage Wesley everywhere, including TikTok, except for Twitter, where she is at Paige Wesley. Mikey is at M Randolph twenty four, and I am at Todd J Awesome everywhere. And guys, we got a P.O. box. So if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a P.O. box, it's actually not a P.O. box. It's like a regular street address. It's pretty awesome. It's 6688 Nolensville Road, number 108-34, Brentwood, Tennessee, 37027. So send us some stuff. Yeah. And that's going to be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm Todd. And you complete us. To completion. Toodle poop. You're my Florence now. <laughs> nice, Mikey. Bye. Come and get your love. <laughs> Come and get your love. That's hey, terrible. Hey. That's just terrible. What's the matter with your friend? Did he pass out in bed? Hey, oh yeah. Let's go through his shit now. All right. <laughs> see you go through his shit and go on and find it, baby. Yeah, no, this is perfect. We're going to get sued by Redbone, but honestly, I just want to meet those guys, so I'm game. His family is standing outside so the person can come out and ask questions or bring objects they find in the home out to find out what's more about them. I love it. Love it. Come perfect. and get your love. 